John Cena, can you give us some insight as to what went down tonight between you and B2? Thugonomics 101. It's a basic principle. You listening? Repeat this. Some of us got to die so others can save their lives. You heard it before. Only the strong survive. Untouchables. And we run in this terrain. Tonight, we took the weak link out of the chain. So the man of many names wants his five seconds of fame. Long enough for me to run Red Dog up in the game. Change your brain. Now we making the laws. My dog's got paws and the claws are bigger than yours. Hold your applause, dude. I don't like how that sound. It's JC and pound for pound. The baddest dog around. You can't keep a good dog down. That's what they say. Every dog has his day. My dog's day was today. Run away. I got the bark and he bites when we attack. Step to us. You get ate like Scooby Snacks. I don't know, man. The greatest backstage promo John Cena has ever done. Whether you remember this, don't remember it, doesn't matter. You go back and you watch that. He's not reading off a paper. He's not reading it off a teleprompter. I don't even think you fucking could how fast he was talking. Smooth, did not slip up, didn't put in any Kofifi words that we didn't understand I don't know, unless something has totally escaped my mind I'm not thinking about right now, the greatest backstage promo John Cena has ever done. Now, for those that want to know a little bit of the backdrop of this, it happened in 2003. What had happened was Los Guerreros were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and um, they were defending the belts against B-Squared and John Cena, Cena and Squared lost, and uh, Cena basically jumped B-Squared after the match, turned on him. Uh, You then had Rodney Mack enter the pitcher and also beat the fuck out of B-Squared, and Rodney Mack was now in the corner of John Cena. Red Dog. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. What's up, everyone? This week in Wrestling History Returns, it is Season 2, Episode 3, and if you like audio clips... We got audio clips this week. We have 35 audio clips. 35. What's really cool about this week is that every clip is pretty much short. There might be one clip that goes over 10 minutes, maybe one or two clips that might go over five or six minutes. But we have a lot of Royal Rumble memories to get into this week. In fact, as you will hear in this episode, um, you notice that When WWF started doing the Royal Rumble in the late 80s, they used to have the Royal Rumble take place around the middle of January every year. As they got later on uh, in the millennium, I would say around 04 onward, they started doing the Royal Rumble towards the end of January. So the Royal Rumble's highlights that you get to hear today are pretty much from 1989 to 2003. And um, what I did is a little added bonus, and trust me, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I said, you know what? Get off your lazy ass and fucking do it. I took every Royal Rumble match, not the entire paper. I'm talking about the 30-man match. I think one of them might have 40 men in it, but the 30-man match, and I took the last couple of minutes of each one that falls into this week in wrestling history, January 8th through January, no, excuse me, January 15th through January 21st. Any Royal Rumble that falls into that period, you will get the last closing minutes of each one, how it ended and who won and give you some memories as well. 
Trust me, that's not the only thing this week. We got some WCW clusterfucks going on. Major, major news. Mike Tyson, you ruined it. It's not ruined. You got to put an H before it. Remember with Vince McMahon, it's not you ruined it. It's you ruined it. You ruined it. It's early today, everyone. So my voice is a little shangada. I can't do the Vince impersonation as good as usual. But anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, 1971, you know, this was a big fucking deal at the time. You know, as the years go by, you know, things somewhat get exaggerated. But quite honestly, Bruno is on record of this. Lou Albano is on record of this. Ivan Koloff is on record of this. God rest all their souls. But um, Ivan Koloff in 1971 this week defeated Bruno for the WWF championship. That ended Bruno's reign at 2,803 days. Basically, Bruno was beat down. Bruno was tired. Bruno needed a, a respite. So he lobbied to have Ivan Koloff win the belt. And when he won the belt at Madison Square Garden, uh, the crowd was a little bit silent, but also a little bit vulgar. And there is some grainy black and white footage online of the final moments Whoever recorded this, I don't understand why they did not continue the recording another couple of minutes because all three wrestlers have stated that there was a near riot. And they did not, they claim that they did not announce Ivan Koloff as the new champion because they didn't want to stir up emotions even more. And like I said, it sucks because whoever recorded this grainy footage, you see the announcer grab the microphone and then the footage stops. I'm like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? So it is what it is. And, you know, looking back on it, do you ever hear anyone ever call Ivan Koloff's three-week title reign one of the worst in history? Yet Stan Stasiak gets no love whatsoever. And, yes, Stan's reign was very, very brief. But Stasiak even have a time to defend the belt and really try to draw it? No. So to put Stasiak as one of the worst reigns is just asinine, in, in my honest opinion. So there you go. 1977, uh, happy anniversary to Howard Finkel. It was this week in 77. He made his first ring announcing debut for the WWF in Madison Square Garden. And uh, some of the matches are online. And kudos to WWE on their network to actually acknowledge Finkel's anniversary because they have put up some footage as well. You know, if you watched any old school WWF event, especially from the late 70s, early 80s, Finkel sounds the same as he did up until the 80s. After a while, his pitch got a little bit uh, more energetic, I guess would be the right way to, to call. But Howard Finkel, one of the greatest of all time, you know, just introducing matches. I, I enjoyed him. You know, I, I hope he's doing well wherever he is. We've heard that there's been some health issues with him. Uh, pretty serious over the last couple of years. 1985, you know, this was a pretty big deal at the time. The U.S. Express of Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham, they defeated the North-South connection of Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch to win the WWF tag titles. Uh, the U.S. Express would hold on to the, to the belts for a short period of time, but they would have a two-time reign in the WWF. I, I like the U.S. Express. I mean, I remember when Saturday Night's main event came out, you know, they were coming out to Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, and I think they were managed by Albano. And they got a little bit cookie-cutter, I think they were involved in the match where uh, Sheik and Volkov turned on George the Animal Steel. Uh, didn't they team up with Ricky Steamboat? 
I don't know. I, I think that's what's coming to mind. But I really liked that tag team at the time. I wish they would have been in the WWE for a much longer time than they were. Now we get to the first audio clip. 1989, the Royal Rumble from Houston, Texas. This was the pay-per-view debut of the Royal Rumble. The first one that took place in 88 was aired on the USA Network. So this was the first one on pay-per-view. Uh, matches from that night, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Hart Foundation over Dino Bravo Bravo and the Fabulous Rougeos. Best three fall match, they won two to one. Rockin' Robin over Junie Martin to retain the women's championship. Haku over Harley Race. And the main event, the Royal Rumble, was won by Big John Studd. Now, for newer fans, you look back on it and you're like, wow, that's an interesting person to have to win, you know, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you know what? You know, we'll always remember Big John Studd as a major heel feuding with Andre the Giant. Some others will remember him in the Heenan family. I think younger fans probably never even experienced Big John Studd. I never liked him as a babyface. Never, ever liked him as a babyface. But when you put him against Ted DiBiase, who is a major heel, it enhanced the babyface feelings that people had towards Big John Studd. Case in point, here's the closing moments of the Royal Rumble 
Mitchell is in deep trouble. Oh, just like a rag doll. You're talking about 280 pounds of man there. This is definitely a little bit of an added attraction. Well, the Royal Rumble is over. John Stubb is the winner. He's just having, this is some cream on the cake, Jess. Well, I got to admit, Virgil kind of brought it on himself, but you got to respect Virgil. He's a paid bodyguard, and he came in and tried to do his job. There goes the 31st man. Another great memory from the Royal Rumble 1989. It wasn't a match, but I want to mention it anyway. The infamous pose down between Ravishing Rick Rude and The Ultimate Warrior. I was going to share the audio, but honestly, that's all about visual. And it just works so well. And looking back on it, one of my favorite feuds of the 80s, Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishing Rick Rude. Loved it. 1990, WWF has the Royal Rumble from Orlando, Florida. As you will hear, Tony Schiavone does the play-by-play, and this would be the last pay-per-view that Tony Schiavone did with the WWF. He would go back to WCW shortly thereafter. Matches from this night, Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the Big Boss Man, the Bushwhackers over the Fabulous Rougeos, Brutus Beefcake and the Genius fought to a double countout, Rugged Ronnie Garvin over Greg DeHammer Valentine in a submission match, and your main event, the Royal Rumble match, And I say it that way because WWF doesn't always have that Royal Rumble match as the main event to close out the pay-per-view. Earlier Royal Rumbles, that was the norm. Later on, it kind of changed a little bit. But in this Royal Rumble, you had Hulk Hogan last eliminate Mr. Perfect to win the 1990 Royal Rumble match. Now, two things I want to just let everyone know right off the bat. First off, I'm not going to reveal who wins every Royal Rumble match when we play a clip. In some cases, I think hearing it, you know, it might bring back some memories. Maybe you, you know, bypassed a couple of Royal Rumbles over the years. Maybe uh, there's a few that you just totally forgot about. So I just want to let everyone know because I have a feeling some people are going to be like, don't tell us who won. Let's just hear it. So Hogan defeats Perfect. And here's the closing moments from that match. That would have to be a choice here, but don't forget the Hulkster. Don't forget Rude.
to do. A perfect flex. What good would that do here for goodness sakes? It'll soften him up enough to pitch him out over the top. The Hawkster, look at him. He will not go down. He's coming back up again. Here's the perfect flex. WWF has the Royal Rumble, and I promise you, this show, this episode is not just Royal Rumble. We have a lot of other stuff to get into. Just the early years, it just seemed like it was more Royal Rumble than anything else. So anyway, Royal Rumble, once again, the Rockers over the Orient Express, the Big Boss Man over the Barbarian, Sergeant Slaughter over the Ultimate Warrior, the Mountie over Coco Beware, Ted DiBiase and Virgil over Dustin Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes, and the main event, the Royal Rumble match. You had Hulk Hogan win the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row. This time, he last defeats Earthquake to win the match. And here's the closing moments of the 1991 Royal Rumble. What a valiant effort on the part of the Hulkster. Yeah, but that got it, man. And another elbow finds the mark. the word. Come on, Hogan, suck it up. Power slam coming up. Oh, oh. Man, oh, man. Nobody can withstand. There's no pitfalls here. What are you doing? Hey, they're tired. They're trying anything they can. Seems to be impervious to pain. None. Now kick it in. Go to war, baby. Sticking a finger right in the face of Earthquake. Come on. Come on. Former champion winding him up. Look out, there's that size 16. You tried that before and it didn't work. Look at what you're doing, damn it. Out. I can't believe this 
doesn't surprise me that he's the last man in the ring. I'm not sure that he knew he could keep his promise, but in the end result, check that out. Now we get to 1992, my favorite Royal Rumble match of all time. I think it is for a lot of you as well. Before I do that, let's mix it up a little bit. This same week, we had WCW air Clash of the Champions 18. And um, one of the matches in particular I really, really enjoyed. Look, one of the participants in the match was never good. You know, I, I hate to put them down like that, but the surroundings of the match made it really entertaining. And to see what Abdullah the Butcher did to Missy Hyatt at the very end, which which was really, really comical. Um, and I have a feeling a lot of you probably have never even seen this match before. But let me get into the results from that night first. You had the Steiners over Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes, Flying Brian and Mark Bagwell over Terrence Taylor and Tracy Smothers, Johnny B. Bad over Richard Morton, PN News over Diamond Dallas Page, Fabulous Freebirds, who were Jimmy Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes over Big Josh and Brad Armstrong, Vinny Vegas over Tommy Rich, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Ron Simmons over the Dangerous Alliance, which was on Anderson, Beautiful Bobby, and Larry Zabisco. And in the main event, you had Ricky Steamboat and Sting over Ravishing Rick Rude and Stunning Steve Austin. Match I left out, here you go, from Clash of the Champions 18. Cactus Jack versus Van Hammer in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And, yeah, you will hear it um, correctly. They actually ended up uh, brawling into a rodeo arena. Enjoy. Senior referee Nick Patrick assigned this contest. Cactus Jack with a very evil gleam in his eye earlier today when I attempted to converse with him about this matchup. He's moving the, the mats, those thin mats, and so it has exposed the concrete floor here. Charlie Manson's favorite wrestler, Cactus Jack. A double handful of hair. Taking hammer face first to the concrete. Uh-oh. You can see this one coming, Jim. He's up on that second turnbuckle. Taking a chance here. Hammer making his way up to his feet. But Cactus with a sunset flip. Finally got him over. Wow. He hurt himself. He landed around the concrete. I think so. I think the man that got the brunt of that was Cactus Jack. He's the one getting up slower. Goodness. I can't imagine this match going very long. They're putting their bodies obviously on the line. No regard for their own welfare. Cactus with a side headlock, bringing Hammer up the stairs, up on the rampway now. Has a sleeper hold on heavy metal. And Hammer able to drive his head up into the face of Cactus Jack. Hammer with the right hand. Irish whip. And oh my God, a power slam on the ramp. And he got, no, he did not have it. I thought he had it right there. Yeah, and so did Van Hammer. Van Hammer needs now to get the man back in the ring. He'll stay away from the ramp, stay away from the floor, and stay in the ring. Close line on that ramp. Cactus Jack has got to be hurting. And Hammer, too, for that matter. And these tight matches take a tremendous out 
amount out of an individual. Right hand by Hammer. Another right hand finds its mark. The cactus raked the eyes. He has control now. Cactus with that face lock. Hammer inside cradle out here on the ramp. And he got another near fall. Several near falls, only two in the ring thus far in the contest. Most near falls, too, by Van Hammer have been off of wrestling moves. And how do you execute a wrestling move in a match like this? It's very difficult to. These men risking tremendous injury in this type of event. Oh, no. Cactus trying to throw Hammer off the ramp three or four feet down to the concrete. Maybe farther. And Cactus, oh, my! What a splat! The human anatomy meeting the concrete. Then Cactus Jack may never be the same. He is having trouble getting up. Hammer with a clothesline up the rampway into the concrete. Going for another cover here. Referee Nick Patrick got a two count out of it. We're going to keep our cameras with this as best we can. Any move such as that uh, attempted atomic drop that time even went with, met with more force because there's no give, obviously, on a concrete floor. They're locking it up. Fans are fighting. We need to get a camera back there. We're going to take a real quick break Do we get a camera back there, and we'll be back in a moment. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking live out the back of the Kansas Expo Center. That's where this battle has gone. Cactus Jack was rammed through that uh, barricade moments ago. And now he's got that big two-by-four right in the face of heavy metal Van Hammer. This fight all the way out in the back. Wow, this is, this is nuts. And, you know, I think Missy Hyatt's out there also to try to help us out in covering this. There's a bunch of... Bulls and for a big rodeo they're going to have here in those holding pins over there. Look at these guys go! Can the referee do something? Come on, Nick. That's Missy Hyatt tr trying to go where the action is, but there you see Hammer. Hammer may be bleeding from under the arm in the rib cage. You know, this is Cactus Jack's domain. Anytime he can use an object, and there's a lot of objects out there to use, there's Missy. Oh my God. She's not going to get too close to that, I can tell you that. Hammer's got a rope now around Cactus's neck. Trying to hang him, and Cactus is getting the, going over the, uh, those holding pins. Tell you what, a lot of abrasions you can see from that uh, asphalt on the outside. There are rodeo animals, horses and bulls. Now they're over in the holy pen where the bull. What, what about that, that big cowboy there? Is Abdullah the butcher? Hammer. And that, now Abdullah out in that arena area. Oh, oh, he hit him with a shovel. I think he, he meant it for Cactus. Cactus Jack. Was the object of that shovel? Hammer got it and Cactus pins him in the rodeo arena. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match is Cactus Jack. Cactus is the winner of this match, and Abdul the Butcher. I don't know where they're going or what they're doing. Oh my.
and Cactus. Oh my gosh. Abdullah and Cactus Jack now. That shovel shot was meant for Cactus because these two men, former partners, and now he sticks his head into that watering trough. It's cold outside here in Topeka. Abdullah now and Cactus with Missy Hyatt right in the thick of things. Abdullah's got Missy and Abdullah's got Missy by the waist and he throws Missy into the, oh my. Incredible Jim. Missy Hyatt thrown into the watering trough. She's gonna freeze out there. Cactus and Abdullah continue to fight. These two men will meet in the Omni on Sunday, February the 9th. Fans, let's get this back together. We'll be back with the new Freebirds in a moment. Wrapping up 1992, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view taking place in Albany, New York. This was to crown the WWF heavyweight champion. If you listened to previous episodes towards the end of season one, you know that the world heavyweight title was deemed vacant by President Jack Tunney, uh, Hogan, and Undertaker. There was a lot of interference from Flair, and uh, Tunney decided to make the belt vacant. So the winner of the Royal Rumble was going to be your WWF heavyweight champion. This by far is, remains, and I think it ever will be my favorite all-time Royal Rumble match. I think it is for a lot of you out there as well. I wish I can air the entire Royal Rumble match over here, but, you know, it would be bastardizing the match itself. You got to watch it. So many legends. It's sad to see that so many are deceased now, but what an awesome, awesome Royal Rumble match. Now, I'm not going to be like a lot of other shows that are going to, you know, play the typical Ric Flair promo. This is, you know, the greatest moment of my life, you know, with a tear in my eye, blah, 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 blah. It's an awesome promo. But we're going to focus on the match itself and a little controversy. And some of you may have been aware of this controversy. Some of you may not. But first, the match results from that night. Oh, and I might add, for all you Mean Gene Oakland fans out there who are reminiscing since he's no longer with us, this was the same uh, pay-per-view where the backstage segment, somebody was smoking in uh, production, and he just turned away in the middle of the interview, and he's like, put that cigarette out. New Foundation, which was Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Owen Hart over the Orient Express, Roddy Piper over the Mountie to win the WWF IC title, Beverly Brothers over the Bushwhackers, Natural Disasters over the Legion of Doom by countout for uh, the WWF tag titles. And the main event, we all know it, Ric Flair wins the 1992 Royal Rumble to become the WWF Heavyweight Champion. Now, I, I will play you the closing moments of the match itself, and then I will share with you a little controversy that uh, might surprise some of you out there. I know in this day and age, we have witnessed it quite a bit with Roman Reigns footage, but they were fucking around with things like this back in the early 90s. But first, here's the closing moments of the 1992 Royal Rumble. Hot Rod, Rowdy Rowdy How long's it been now? It's been over an hour for Flair. That's, that's definitely not fair to Flair to be there that long. No human being should have to go through this. Shows you how bad he wants it. Shows you how bad he needs it. Oh, look at this. 
to the controversy simply put i was a hulkamaniac growing up hulkamania you know really was born in 83 yes you could say 82 if you want to talk about rocky three and his work in awa of course but for the most part we became hulkamaniacs in 83 we're now in 1992 and things were starting to change a little bit some people were getting a little bit sick and tired of hulkamania and when sid vicious uh, was brawling with Hulk. And Sid Vicious was pretty much a baby face also, you know, at the time. So we thought, um, you know, Hulk Hogan gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble match. And when he got eliminated by Sid Vicious, um, 
I don't, it's obvious WWF did not expect the reaction that they got. If they were expecting a reaction, they wouldn't have, I guess, thought about manipulating the footage. What do I mean by that? Well, let's once again listen to the precise moment when Sid Vicious eliminates Hulk Hogan in the Royal Rumble match. Just that particular moment. Pay attention to the crowd reaction. Pay attention to the commentary. Now, if you did not order the pay-per-view and watched regular TV the following week or two, when they showed highlights of this Royal Rumble match, check out the commentary that you got to hear on television. Pretty different. Not only did they pipe in more booze and Hogan chants, but Gorilla Monsoon and Heenan's commentary was totally different. They tried to manipulate history. So just figure I'd share it with you. Now I will say this for the because I know some of you could ask. On the current pay-per-view, they do revert back to the original uh commentary. I think they had no choice. Because if you look at the episodes of WWF television the following two weeks, you could have the greatest quality um, as far as, you know, VHS, digital, the original footage in WWF studios. The audio was not as crisp as the Royal Rumble event itself. So I think it would have been almost impossible for them to superimpose totally different commentary. You know, in this day and age, a lot easier. But back then, not as easy. So I think WWF had no choice but to pretty much leave the original footage in. So there you go. Now we go to 1993, one year later. And sadly, almost one year to the day, we were about to say goodbye to Ric Flair in the WWF. We now have Monday Night Raw. It's only been on TV for, what, two weeks? Three weeks tops? No, two weeks. And we had a match. You know, Tito Santana versus Ric Flair, excuse me, El Matador against Ric Flair. And at the time, a little bit of a feud between Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair. Remember, um, right before Monday Night Raw became, you know, uh, made its debut, they had that babyface turn by Mr. Perfect. Remember the round table and he turned on Heenan and he would not be told what to say or do anymore. And that obviously led to the split between Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. So, again, this week we're watching Monday Night Raw. Innocent match, pretty decent main event. Ric Flair versus El Matador, and this happened. And my apologies for the fucking Rob Bartlett commentary in the background. The worst commentator in the history of wrestling. Here goes El Matador. I don't got to show you no stinking mercy. Whoa! This is all El Matador. Knee left. 
competition is unbelievable. Off the rope and yes, he nails him. Cover that man. Ryan Turner should have covered Flair right there. Off the rope for another. Oh, look at that. That wasn't an offensive maneuver on the part of Flair. It was all defense. He just fell right down. Wait a minute. What's, what's this? Uh-oh. Monday Night Raw, West Side Story. I don't know. My goodness, maybe we can get a camera back there. Perhaps we can get a camera back there. I don't know, but wow, did they ever go at it? Oh, my goodness. That's the way it's done, just like that. Let's take you now, ladies and gentlemen, this commercial break. We'll be right back with a word with Ric Flair and perhaps even Mr. Perfect when we return. Stay with us. We're live here on Monday Night Raw. Get a word with uh, the Manhattan Center. Ric Flair. If he can. Oh no. I don't think we're going to get a word at all. No. Big fight going on, Bartlett. It's still going on. Perfect one, Flair. No doubt about it. Hey, see, come on, but he's not going toward perfect. He does You don't talk to me. The rules go. The WWF isn't big enough for me and Mr. Perfect. So right here, live in front of God and the whole world. Here next week, I want Perfect. All right, that's pretty clear. You can't get any clearer than that. One of us goes not out of the building, but out of the WWF. I can't believe you would risk your career, Mr. Flair. I can't believe you would do that. And I'm not too sure that Mr. Perfect is going to do that either. I can't believe. And you started. I can tell you right now, you're not mad enough. <laughs> you haven't got the guts. And you will never see the day in your life you beat Ric Flair. Take a Prozac. Yes, that's uh, pretty clear. Ric Flair issuing a challenge to Mr. Perfect. Hopefully before we go off the air, we will have a retort of some sort. Perhaps an answer from Mr. Perfect. Guys, I don't know what to say. We're rocking and rolling here. Sounds like the end of the road for somebody. Guaranteed. Here he comes. There's my guy right there, Mr. Perfect. Well, I guess we didn't have to wait. I don't know if you heard that challenge or not from Ric Flair. He states the WWF is not big enough for the two of you. He's going to put his career in the WWF on the line, if you will. You're talking about meeting Ric Flair, and the loser has to leave the World Wrestling Federation? Here, right here next week. Are you kidding me? I'll take that in a heartbeat. Ric Flair, you're going to be 
must say, I can't imagine you putting your career on the line like that, or even Ric Flair. It's going too far. Both of you are great competitors. Why risk that? Is that what it has to take? Ric Flair, is that what it's gone down to? The two greatest athletes in the World Wrestling Federation? Only one man will stay in the World Wrestling Federation? I'll take that challenge. I'll put my career on the line right here. Thank you very much. It can't be any clearer Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect puts his career on the line next week, one-on-one -on -one with Ric Flair. Now, we're not going to jump too far ahead. We'll cover that match between Flair and Perfect next week because it falls into next week's episode. Uh, 1994, you know, bad news for Ludwig Borga fans at the time. And he actually did have quite a few. WWF loved to do the anti-American thing or USA versus the world, you know, in different characters. And Ludwig Borga, there were a lot of rumors at the time that they were priming him to possibly be WWF champion, even if it was going to be for a short period of time and maybe ultimately lose it to Shawn Michaels or Diesel or someone. We don't know. But... It was this week in 94, he had a match against Rick Steiner, severely injured, injured his ankle to the point that he was out for so long, he never returned. He would never wrestle for the WWF ever again. He was never the same, a lot of people have said. And you look at how within a year and a half later, you had the Monday Night Wars and just a totally different direction that WWF had to go. You know, a lot of circumstances at the time. So now we go to 1996. WWF has their Royal Rumble from Fresno, California. Now remember... At the time, Shawn Michaels, not pretty much in action, had that incident at the uh, nightclub in Albany, New York, where he got his ass handed to him. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. And a little bonus audio for everyone out there. Uh, about a week or two prior to the Royal Rumble match, there was a little press conference involving Shawn Michaels, and he had this to say. Outside of a nightclub in Syracuse, New York, in October, when I was beaten senseless by nine individuals who, I guess, just did not like the way that Shawn Michaels carried himself. Um, from that time, there have been a number of people that, I guess because of the business that I'm in, thought that that incident never took place. And for the doubters out there, I have a couple new scars on my face and a man arrested in Syracuse, New York, to prove to everyone that it did indeed happen and uh, was an unfortunate event for me and, of course, the World Wrestling Federation. From that point, I had to go to Winnipeg, Manitoba at an in-your-house pay-per-view that the World Wrestling Federation was performing at, and I had to uh, give up the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title, which uh, was a championship belt that I had attained several months earlier, but because of the incident in Syracuse, I could not defend that title. Oh, wait I a minute. Wait a minute. am driven by something uh, that many athletes are driven by. Not a lot of people can understand, but for me, this is something that I wanted to do since I was a very young boy, and the thought of not being able to do it was something that I'd never experienced before. World Wrestling Federation and the fans of the World Wrestling Federation came to me at this time again in a, in a way that uh, completely caught me off guard. 
for eight years I've been working day and night in the World Wrestling Federation to become the biggest star in its history. A week after my 19th birthday, I left the road, or left my parents' house on the road to pursue this life that I was certain I was destined to be the best at. I have goals and I have dreams. And I don't know that I could live with myself, with the people around me, if I didn't do the one thing that I know is important to me, the one thing that I know that I'm really good at. So I have to apologize to my friends, my family, my doctors, but Shawn Michaels has a destiny in the World Wrestling Federation and it's gonna be the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And to do that, superstars have to stand in line and wait. I've worked too hard and too long to stand in line. So Shawn Michaels at this time is throwing his name into the many names that'll be competing at the Royal Rumble in Fresno. And in one night, I will do what I did last year, and that is go through every superstar in the World Wrestling Federation. And come WrestleMania, regardless of who's wearing the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, you will be facing the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, at WrestleMania, and you will be giving your title to the next man who will carry the World Wrestling Federation on its shoulders into the new millennium. And folks, <laughs> he's me. So now we have the Royal Rumble with Shawn Michaels entered. Now that does take place this week in history, but six days before, we also had Monday Night Raw. And Monday Night Raw was also hyping up the intercontinental title match that was going to take place between Goldust and Razor Ramon. And we all know now that Goldust, yes, this was the match where he was putting his hands on Razor Ramon in a very sexually implied way that made Razor Ramon feel very uncomfortable. I think a lot of people forget the promo that he cut on Raw six days earlier, which made Vince McMahon feel very uncomfortable. What what's going to happen when billionaire Ted gets his hands on Time Warner? Glad I don't have any Time Warner shares right now. Hey, and speaking of getting their hands on things, wonder what's going to happen if Razor Ramon gets here in time to get his hands on Goldust before Vince McMahon can conduct this interview. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the most bizarre individual in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. On his way to face Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship at the Royal Rumble. This ought to really be good. You know, Goldust gave Razor some roses, a teddy bear, centerfold. What if he's got anything for McMahon? Unquestionably, not only bizarre, but certainly unnerving. Heck, you both got a lot in common. Even someone of the stature of Razor Ramon (laughs) has become unnerved by this competitor, Goldust, who's had a a lot of controversial... Oh! 
this is great. He's had a lot of controversial things to say, and certainly about Razor Ramon specifically. Goldust, Goldust, boss hair on his chest too. The question is whether or not you really mean what you say, or are you trying to to prey upon the homophobic fears of most men, in particularly one who oozes machismo, one Razor Ramon. Your comments, please. Mr. Television Announcer, is that an extra microphone in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? There are a lot of men out there. I am selective. I look very carefully to find that one who can give me the worst absolute time. That is when I make my move. And you know this one, Tootsie, 1982. Razor Ramon. I want you so bad, bad guy. More than any man or woman can ever want a human being. You look into these eyes, oh bad one. I am gold dust, and this is our little secret. Don't you forget the name, naughty boy, of Goldust. I tell you, you look back at this episode of Raw, it's a more memorable episode. This same episode of Raw, we had the in-ring debut of Steve Austin as the ringmaster. And for trivia purposes, do you remember who Steve Austin's first ever opponent was in the WWF on on TV? Matt Hardy. Absolutely true. This same episode of Raw, we also had another segment involving Billionaire Ted, Scheme Gene, the Nacho Man, and the Huckster. And, you know, WWF had just started doing these segments, I think the week prior. And they were making fun of Hogan and Savage, who were now in WCW. They're making fun of Ted Turner. I mean, there was a lot of little shady things that WCW would do to insult WWF. And you know what's funny? And, you know, as these segments were going down at the time, I remember clearly reports outside of the world of pro wrestling that Ted Turner was pissed off. Did not like it. And you look back at the Monday Night Wars and what was going on even after this. You know, does that show like Ted Turner was just happy? And, you know, I have news reports, news clippings in my possession where they specifically say that Ted Turner was not happy at all. In fact, I even think on an episode of Monday Night Raw, Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon kind of made a joke about how in the papers... Um, you know, Ted Turner was quoted as saying that he did not like these segments at all. But you go on history websites now after all of these years, and they try to claim that, oh, Ted Turner thought the skits were funny and lighthearted and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not true. Not even close. 
But to reminisce for 60 seconds, here's the clip that aired this week. Billionaire Ted in the war room trying to figure out how he could buy the WWF. I bought myself a network. I bought myself a World Series. I bought myself a library of classic movies. Heck, I even colorized a few of them. So why can't I buy the WWF? We've been trying, Ted. How come their wrestling is still better than ours? They've got better athletes. All we've got are their disloyal, greedy has-beens from the 80s. Who you calling a has-been, brother? Can't blame a guy for trying to con a... Make a buck. Who are you calling disloyal? Besides, I started in the 70s, not the 80s. Well, go out there and buy me some of those, uh, those WWF generation superstars. The new WWF generation. It's not for sale. Uh, Huckster, uh, what if we called you the, the, the boy toy? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Now we get to the 1996 Royal Rumble. Pre-show, Duke the Dumpster Drossy over Triple H. Ahmed Johnson over Jeff Jarrett, the smoking guns over the body Donners to retain the tag titles. You did have Goldust, in fact, defeat Razor Ramon to win the Intercontinental Championship. Now, the Royal Rumble match itself was not the main event, did not close out the pay-per-view this year. The main event match that closed out Royal Rumble was The Undertaker defeating Bret Hart by disqualification in the WWF Championship match. But getting back to the Royal Rumble match itself, you know, you heard the little press conference that was made a few weeks before of Shawn Michaels entering the Royal Rumble. How did he do? Now it's down to six individuals. Which one of these six will go to WrestleMania? Who will face the WWF champion? And who will the champion? Dixie shot from Big Daddy Cool Diesel in the midsection. Well, he just saved Shawn Michaels is what he did. Maybe. Drop kick, Isaac Hill! The big men, they teeter easy. And Duke the Dumpster drops the eliminated by both Kama and Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Diesel trying to set up Kama. Wait a minute, we've got the final four here. We're not talking about basketball. Here we go. We've got we've got Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Kama. Oh, my goodness. Diesel takes a shot by Kama. Wait a minute, over the top. Diesel, I thought for him. Oh, wait a minute. John Michaels. A close I can't believe this, McMahon. And Michaels almost eliminated Kama. Almost eliminated John Michaels. Teetering on the top rope. It's going to be Diesel. No doubt about it. Eliminated. It's Diesel. It's Michaels. It's now. I can't believe it. Two years in a row. That's it. Nineteen ninety seven, WCW had Clash of the Champions thirty four from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Dean Malenko over Ultimo Dragon to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Scotty Riggs over Mike Enos. Chavito, Chris Jericho, and Super Calo over Conan Laparka and Mr. JL. 
Harlem Heat over Joe Gomez and the Renegade. Masahiro Chono over Alex Wright. Eddie Guerrero over Scott Norton to retain the United States title. Chris Benoit over the Taskmaster in a Falls Count Anywhere match. The Steiners over the amazing French Canadians. In the main event, Lex Luger over Scott Hall by DQ. Same week, 1997, WWF has the Royal Rumble from San Antonio, Texas. In a couple of free-for-all matches, Perro Aguayo Jr. and Venom over uh, Mani- Ma- Maniaco and Masco de la Merced. You also have Mascarita Sagrada and La, la Parquita over Mini Mankind and Mini Vader. Octagon, Blue Demon Jr. and Tenebulous Jr. over Heavy Metal, Abismo Negro and Hysteria. The pay-per-view itself, Triple H over Goldust to retain the IC title. Ahmed Johnson over Farouk. Vader over The Undertaker, El Kanek, Hector Garza, and Pero Aguayo over Fuerza Guerrera, Heavy Metal, and Jerry Estrada. And we also, once again, had the Royal Rumble match, not as the match to close out the pay-per-view. The main event from that night was Shawn Michaels defeating Psycho Sid to win the WWF Championship. But the Royal Rumble match itself, here's the closing moments. So now... Look at this! Over oh, the mandible claw that can do it for Rocky Yes! Oh. Mankind, the next rookie, Rocky Maivia. A rookie mistake. <laughs> oh, help! Vader, Vader collapsing. Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Vader using that bulk again, and man. Oh. Wait a minute, Mankind. And and Funk on the far side. They're just oh, they're mauling each other. And that's. That's the same. I think they're doing it because they like it. I just love to see Mankind and Terry Funk as a team. And oh, 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 all of that. No one has been eliminated. Both if, feet have to hit the floor. If those two guys concentrated their efforts, they can eliminate everybody in there. You know, Mankind and Funk no. are bizarre with the great athletes. Not the great athlete, athleticism. Look at this. The whole and Funk's been eliminated. Mankind eliminates Funk. So Funk can... The, Gets his champ- chances for the main event of WrestleMania goodbye. Big Daddy Cool Diesel ripped the Hitman heart. Vader, Undertaker, Mankind. Oh, wait a minute, Mankind was just eliminated. Who got him? Undertaker. Undertaker, Undertaker eliminated Mankind. And Funk doesn't want to leave. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. Funk and, and Mankind out there with the officials. Now you're supposed to go back to the locker room area. And these two are doing anything but... Vader hammering away on uh, The Undertaker as his big daddy cool Diesel on Bret Hart. Wastelock takedown by Austin. Austin all over Diesel. Come on, Austin. Undertaker and Vader in the corner. And Falk and Mankind. Austin's been eliminated. Austin, wait a minute. He was in there for 34 minutes. Yeah, the referees didn't see it. Austin has been eliminated. Wait a minute. The Undertaker and Vader just been eliminated. But Austin and Vader have to do it. And Diesel's been eliminated as well. And now it's over. Oh, no. No. Wait a minute here. Here is the winner of the 1995 Royal Rumble, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He eliminated him. I didn't actually see Austin's feet hit the floor. Austin eliminated the Undertaker and Vader. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold, and the referees didn't oh. see.
feet didn't hit the floor, Ross. I saw it. I'm sitting right here, King. I didn't see the monitor. I'm and imagine Bret Hart. I was looking at Terry. Imagine Bunkin. what's going on in his mind. Austin was eliminated. We saw it. We called it. The officials were over there with mankind and Terry Foggett and didn't see it. Bret Hart's Bret obsession. Hart Bret Hart's obsession with winning a title is so evident. Bret cannot believe it. Bret Hart eliminated Stone Cold and neither referee saw it. The hitman Bret Hart is... Obviously, as you heard, Bret Hart was not thrilled at the end because Steve Austin was, in fact, eliminated. In storyline, they didn't do something the next day where they wronged the right. You know, they left it the way it is, and Bret Hart was screwed. It's interesting. and I say this lightheartedly. Please do not read too much into it. You go back to 1997, early 97, mid-97, you'll find a couple of times where Bret Hart was screwed. What happened late in 1997, Bret Hart was screwed. Nobody ever correlates all these times of being screwed together. Uh, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But, you know, it's funny on the flip side of that. Later on, we get into Jeff Hardy's uh, pyrotechnical accident. It's amazing. Amazing how many people at that time, and even over the years, not so much, but at that time, it's amazing how many people believed that to be a, a, a real accident. It's amazing. But you go back at it and you actually follow what transpired before and not even after. Because after, look, you don't know what's going to happen after until it actually happens. But what transpired before, how could anybody in their right mind think that the pyro incident with Jeff Hardy could have been anything but storyline? Anyway, now we go to 1998, a big fucking week in the world of pro wrestling. WWF especially. First off, we have, you know, as we hyped last week, the announcement coming shortly that Mike Tyson has signed a deal to do something with WWF at WrestleMania. We already knew the deal was signed. There were already news reports of it out there, but they didn't make it official on television. So let's do this in order first. First, we have the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that took place this week in San Jose, California, this was the pay-per-view where Mick Foley came out three different times in the Royal Rumble match. One is Cactus Jack, one is Mankind, and one is Dude Love, which was awesome. The Rock was in the match for, I think, 51 minutes, which was a record at the time. There was a lot of great shit going down on this pay-per-view. Mike Tyson was seen multiple times in a skybox with Vince McMahon just having a ball, enjoying us. And I need to stress to everyone, Mike Tyson signing this deal with the WWF. You look at it over the years, and come on, no one's going to tell me otherwise. You look back at it, yeah, it was a smart, insanely smart move by the WWF. Yes, it helped them tremendously. Absolutely. And yes, we go back at it, and we think it's a huge positive fucking thing that WWF did. At the time, people were not happy. People were not thrilled. Last week, I read that news article. There were dozens and dozens. I have an insane newspaper access now. My own collection, digital library, 
access to papers all around the world. You do your research, you will find people weren't happy. And I got news for you. I got a little, you know, tidbit that I think a lot of you aren't even aware of when we get into it a little bit later. WWE manipulated Mike Tyson's appearance on Raw the following night. Not too much, but when we get to it, you'll hear it. Anyway, the Royal Rumble pay-per-view itself, Vader over Goldust, Max Mini, Mosaic, and Nova over Battalion, El Torito, and Tarantula in a Minis tag match. Sonny was a special guest referee. I remember Mike Tyson really marking out for that match. The Rock over Ken Shamrock by DQ to retain the IC title. For the WWF tag titles, you had Legion of Doom defeat the New Age Outlaws by DQ. The main event, which once again was not the Royal Rumble match, that did not close out the pay-per-view. I mean, look, the Royal Rumble match is a main event, but it did not close out the pay-per-view. We had Shawn Michaels defeat The Undertaker in a casket match. This is the casket match where Shawn Michaels suffered that injury that would ultimately lead him into retirement for many years. After his WrestleMania match, he was done. So this was that match. Now, this match was pretty good. I I watched it again the other day, and it it was a decent match. Some people have poo-pooed it on it over the years, just considering an average. But after the match was over, Kane came out, who we thought was going to come to the aid of The Undertaker, instead helped Shawn Michaels uh, permanently destroy The Undertaker by setting the casket on fire. Great visuals. After they put the fire out, they opened the casket, and lo and behold, The Undertaker is not in there. So that is pretty much what went down with the main event. The Royal Rumble match itself. Here's the closing moments of how that match went down. The Rock has been in this matchup, ladies and gentlemen, over 50 minutes. Unbelievable. After wrestling for the Intercontinental title earlier against Ken Shamrock. And winning. That's amazing athleticism. But that's what you find in the WWF. There is one man left. Who is it? Oh, give me a minute to do my math, and I think I can tell you. Mike Tyson, why don't he come down here getting this? We'll see Mike Tyson in the ring tomorrow night on Raw. That major announcement. I can't be held responsible for my actions when I get face-to-face with Mike Tyson. I'm sure. Well, I'll, I'll try to help restrain you. Just don't drink any caffeine all day and you'll but be you hold right. me back. Come on, Mark Henry, do him in. This is your chance. Look at Stone Cold just laying there. Austin has been hammered. He was the, the marked man coming in. And look at the world's strongest man. Put the bear hug on him. Crush those ribs. The 1996 Olympian, Mark Henry, the newest member of the Nation of Domination and the best draw of the night, number 30. Cousin? 
Mark Henry wailing away at Thrasher. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and been hammered by chains. Well, take a look, JR. Take a look. Survey the ring. One of these men is going to be facing the champion for the WWF title at WrestleMania. Mark Henry or Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I, I think not. Or chains. Or Vader. Or heaven forbid, this dude Love still over there. Chains is 6'6", 300 pounds. Hammering away, yeah. Dude loves in there. The and nation. the rock, the rock, the rock's still there. And look how strong the nation is. The rock, knocked down by Vader. Five members of the nation are still in this matchup. You know, if they were all sort of just eliminated Thrasher. If the nation would work together just for about four more minutes, one of them would be assured of winning. Austin eliminated another one. It was Kama Mustafa. So much for all the nation. The rattlesnake is cooking with gas here. And Savio knocks down Stone Cold. He got gas right there. <laughs> oh, this could be a look of power driver on Stone Cold with ending. Nice back body drop, Austin. Stay away from the power driver. Man, fatigue's got to be setting in. What an amazing effort by The Rock, quite frankly. D'Lo Brown's been in there a long time, too. He went in at number 11. Austin. Savio locks up and over. Savio Vegas history for this Royal Rumble. can go back and slap the hogs. He's through for the night. And there goes Bob Dutcher. And it's coming down to the nitty-gritty here. And again, look at how strong the nation is. The nation sets three men in. Mark Henry, though, is teetering. He, his feet, Mark Henry's feet did not touch the floor. Now they did then. Four men remain. I'll show you how Chains was eliminated. Right here, you see Chains. He's eliminated more men than anybody in this uh, rumble. Eliminates Chains. There are final four. The final four men remain. And remember, Dude Love and Austin used to be tag team champions, but that means nothing. It's every man for himself. The Rock and Peru, Dude and Stone Cold. One of these four will meet the WWF. Wait a minute, these guys are cooperating. They're working together here. Sweet shit music. Oh, dude's got the mandible claw. Shades of mankind. Oh, no, 
He's hurt. He's hurt. He's not hurt. He's letting Farouk do all the work. He's smart. <laughs> well, he is smart. So now we go to the next night on Monday Night Raw. And obviously, we always remember it for the altercation between Mike Tyson and Steve Austin. We'll have some highlights momentarily. But there was also another segment that took place that night as well. Uh, You might remember the infamous DX barbecue segment where Triple H is talking about jumbo weenies and he's got an apron on that says, suck the cook. And a lot of other things. Well, that took place on this same episode that they had the incident with Tyson and Austin. But a lot of people may forget how this whole DX thing went down because not only did they do that funny skit, they also called out Steve Austin. They called out Owen Hart and they called out The Undertaker. So earlier in the night on Raw, we heard The Undertaker's music, but Paul Bearer came out instead, kind of teasing that The Undertaker was done. But later on, we actually had Undertaker's music hit once again, and coming down from the rafters, The Undertaker. Since the Royal Rumble, since he was finally 
Federation, Owen Hart. Owen, I hope you enjoyed your royal stumble last night, because I sure as hell did. But I tell you what, I am going to give you... Hey, that's pretty good. Control yourself, JR. I am going to hand you your opportunity for revenge, Owen, and I'm gonna hand it to you on a silver platter. Owen Hart, right here next week on Raw, I am giving you a shot at my coveted European title. What? That's right, Owen. It's gonna be me and you, one-on-one, man to boy. He's gonna have to lose that crutch. Man to boy. (laughs) And Owen, let's face it, even with a detached patella, with a torn MCL, I've got one leg, Owen, but it really isn't gonna matter much, is it? Because I can beat you just like that anytime I want and end it for good. And on another note, to all you California girls out there. The big salami. <laughs> There's no need to ride Space Mountain. Woo! Because it's old and it's broken down. And besides, it's bleach blonde. Ladies, 
If you want to see the stars, call Triple H because I got the rocket if you want the ride. Well, I'm sure glad to know that. That was valuable uh, information. God, I wish I got to tell those jokes. Now everybody saw the heartbreak kid be as gracious as he could and give The Undertaker yet one more chance to become the World Wrestling Federation champion. But alas, the heartbreak kid, all alone, all by himself, with absolutely no help from anybody, defeated The Undertaker once again and is still the icon, still the showstopper, still the main event, and most importantly, still the World Wrestling Federation Champion. You can't argue with that, JR. Now it's time to go to the list. Who's next in line? For the heartbreak kid. Figure it out, Einstein. Who won the Rumble? If you are watching the Royal Rumble, everybody knows the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a shot at the World Wrestling Federation champion. So, Stone Cold Steve A former World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champion. Been there, done that, Stone Cold. Steve Austin, a former Intercontinental Champion. Been there, done that, Stone Cold. It seems as if there is only one more mountain for Stone Cold Steve Austin to climb. Not only is the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels at the top of that mountain, he owns that mountain! Because the heartbreak kid says so. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you got quite a winning streak going, son. But why don't you ask around in the WWF locker room? Why don't you ask The Undertaker? Why don't you ask every superstar in the World Wrestling Federation. Then get on the phone and call every wrestler that the Heartbreak Kid sent down south and they will all tell you the exact same thing I am about to tell you. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Heartbreak Kid, lays down for absolutely nobody. Well, we will find that out at WrestleMania. That is, if 
Santos is still the WWF champion by then. Now, during that segment, you heard Triple H call out Owen Hart next week on Raw. Well, Triple H was injured on a crutch. And what went down the following week, which we'll cover next week, let's just say that there was a title match, but uh, not only did Triple H uh, lose the title match, but he didn't even wrestle. Who filled in for him was kind of interesting. But we'll get into that next week. So now we wrap up 1998 with the infamous incident with Mike Tyson, Vince McMahon, Steve Austin. Huge fucking deal. Every TV network covering it. Every newspaper covering it. But the interesting thing about it is you go back at that time, a lot of newspapers and TV shows reported that it was going to be Steve Austin versus Mike Tyson at WrestleMania. Leave it to the fucking Nevada State Athletic Commission to go public at the time and say there is no way... Mike Tyson is wrestling. He's not wrestling. He's not wrestling. He's not wrestling. I think that forced people in Tyson's camp to also admit that he was not wrestling. And WWF, they were happy to leave that hype out there, that it was going to be Tyson versus Austin. In fact, I have a daily news newspaper where there's a big headline with a picture of Tyson, McMahon, and Austin where it says, Mike Tyson versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania. But... Tyson was trying to get back his license after what happened with Evander Holyfield in the ear incident, and he wasn't going to do anything to jeopardize that. So when all these reports were coming out that Mike Tyson was going to wrestle Steve Austin, the athletic commission was like, no, 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 no. And again, this forced other people to come out and say he wasn't wrestling either. That's why you might remember within a week or two, Vince McMahon was forced to come public on Raw and say that Mike Tyson will be a special enforcer that was to clear up a lot of the issues with the Nevada state athletic commission. So little tidbits there you may not be aware of. Now I'm going to share with you the highlights from that night on raw. Now keep in mind, you might hear the audio get a little cloudy for a few seconds. That's my doing. And the reason being is because I didn't even realize this until I went back into my own archives, my own original footage of recording this on the WWE network. They not only changed Mike Tyson's music, but they changed the crowd reaction as well. Now, I don't know if Mike Tyson's music was copyrighted and WWE just didn't want to pay royalties. I don't know. It kind of sounded, the original music sounded like DX music. And I know he had a DX song, so before anybody says anything, but I just don't understand why they changed the music. Uh, I don't know. But the thing is, is that if you listen to the original crowd reaction, they were not thrilled that Mike Tyson was there. He did get cheers. Don't get me wrong. Not saying he got booed out of the building, but there was a significant loud sound of boos. You watch on the WWE Network, the crowd sounds almost silent. But you hear my original footage, you get this. Ladies and gentlemen, in just a moment, we will make the biggest announcement ever in World Wrestling Federation history. However, wow. at this time, I would like to introduce to you a man who is simply the baddest man on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, Iron Mike Tyson!
It is unquestionably an honor and a privilege to have you standing in a World Wrestling Federation ring. Well, it's just a pleasure for me to be here. Like, I, you know, I've been a fan, I've been following ever since I was eight, nine years old. Um, I'm just happy to be here. Who are some of your old-time favorites in the WWF? Bruno Sabatino. Yeah, all right. Don Leo Jonathan as well? Nikolai Volkman, I go way back from the 70s. <laughs> I'm just proud to be involved with this today. All right now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we have awaited. The big announcement, and the announcement is that on March 29, at WrestleMania, in this very ring, Iron Mike Tyson. Mr. Austin, why are you here? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing Mike Tyson. He comes in, he's shaking everybody's hands, making friends with all the WWF superstars, and it's made me so damn sick I've been in the back throwing up. Yeah, me too. I ain't going to shake your damn hand because I ain't out here to make friends with you. Mike, I need to shut up. I respect, I respect what you've done in the boxing world, but Jesus Christ, son, when you step in this ring, you're messing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's something you don't do. Yeah, you're on a different planet now. Let me make it short and sweet. What I'm telling you is I want a piece of Mike Tyson's ass. Whoa! Shut up. Don't say one word, Vince. I'll knock your damn lights out, too. I respect what you've done, Mike, but you're out here calling yourself the baddest man on the planet. Right now, you got your little beady eyes locked on the eyes of the world's toughest son of a bitch. I could beat you any day of the week. Twice on Sunday. Do I think I do I think you could beat my ass? Hell no. Do I think I could beat your ass? Why hell yeah. I don't know how good your hearing is, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you.
So there you have it. Awesome week in 1998. 1999, WCW has their sold-out pay-per-view. Oh, the main event, man, got to give Michael Buffer credit. Trying to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. You know, we were sick of these stupid things on a pole, things above the ring. And it got worse because, remember, we had Viagra on a pole. We had DNA test on a pole. We had all, And it wasn't just WCW. All feds did it over the years. But just listen to Michael Buffer try to really sell us on the main event for this week's WCW pay-per-view in 1999. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event here at WCW Sold Out 1999 in Charleston, West Virginia. Tonight, a very special main event. This will be a ladder match with the addition of, for the first time in the history of professional wrestling, hanging over the ring will be a stun gun. And the following rules will apply. There will be no pinfall. There will be no submission. There will be no disqualification. And your referee in charge of the action, referee Randy Anderson, has been instructed by the WCW Board of Directors to award victory instantly to the first man who zaps his opponent with the stun gun. Are you ready? No, we weren't ready for it. The match itself was okay. The closing moments was Shangada. You have to see it. I mean, you could hear it, but you have to see it. When Goldberg finally puts the taser on Scott Hall, he makes the sound effect with it and then puts it on Hall. And, you know, it just didn't go off well. I'll tell you, Disco Inferno, you know, getting hit with the stun gun, the crowd fucking popped for it. So a lot of people out there always, you know, have shit to say about Disco Inferno's role in WCW. You know, that guy got under the skin of fans in, in the right way. And I will always defend that. I used to be a fan of Disco Inferno, not because I'm a fan of disco music. I like the gimmick. I like the character. It was something a little different. And um, But, you know, towards the end of this match, it just felt like a clusterfuck. And, you know, as you will hear someone coming out, it just didn't fit. It just did not work all that well. Here's the closing moments of that match. Could this be Bill Goldberg's moments? He's had so many big moments before. And here he goes, slowly, very slowly, climbing. Look at that ladder. He's almost there. About two more rounds. So close. Reach up and grab it. Somebody's coming up. That's a jerk. The disco inferno. What? No. Why did you see his head go back? His head. It was like a whiplash when Goldberg, his neck went against that top rope. Goldberg may be out. Well, no referee. This is the way they wanted it. Anything goes. Disco's telling him to go get it. Go up and get it. Disco, who has helped Scott Hall before, last week against Bam Bam Bigelow, has helped Scott Hall again. Well, look at that ladder. It's not steady. Of course it's not. But can Goldberg 
come back from this. Oberg's not getting up. He's got it. Uh-oh. Scott Hall's got it. He's got the taser. Only one way to win. Zap him. Zap your opponent. Now we get to 2000. First off, major news that week. Steve Austin underwent neck surgery, had to remove some bone spurs that were affecting his spinal cord, and he would be out for a significant amount of time. But luckily, he was able to return to the ring, almost back to full-time capacity. So now we wrap up this week in 2000 with some big news. First off, WCW had a pay-per-view, sold out from Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, this pay-per-view was changed around a little bit because Jeff Jarrett had suffered a concussion. Bret Hart, obviously, 
because of what happened with Goldberg and his concussion, he was forced to retire. So they both had to vacate their titles. During this event, we also had a match. Remember last week, Terry Funk booking those matches with uh, Jeff Jarrett. We, this week on Sold Out, had a match between Terry Funk and Kevin Nash for the reins of commissionership in WCW. So let's do it step by step. First, we had the Sold Out pay-per-view. Here in the match results from that night. Kidman over Dean Malenko in a Dungeon Rules match. Um, Basically... I don't even know how to explain this. Dean Malenko, he goes out to the floor. You know, you're not supposed to go on the floor. But he goes out to the floor about two minutes into the match. And because of the rules, the match ends. It was just really the drizzling shits. Vampiro over Crowbar and David Flair in a triple threat match. You had the Mama Lukes over the Harris boys. Oklahoma, who had stolen Medusa's Cruiserweight title the week before. He defeats Medusa to win the Cruiserweight Championship after the match. You had uh, Oklahoma getting doused with barbecue sauce by Medusa and Spice. I can't remember who else. A- Asia, I think, came out. What was the name? I don't know. Anyway, Brian Nobbs over Fit Finley, Meng, and Norman Smiley. A four-way match to retain the Hardcore Championship. Billy Kidman wrestles once again and defeats Saturn in a bunkhouse brawl match. Booker T over Stevie Ray. Tank Abbott over Jerry Flynn. Buff Bagwell over DDP in a last man standing match. The Wall over Kidman in a steel cage match. Kevin Nash over Terry Funk in a hardcore match to win uh, rights of the WCW commissionership. Terry Funk took a beating in that match. And in the main event, you had Chris Benoit versus Sid Vicious for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Arn Anderson was the special guest referee in this match. You think of Arn Anderson, um, you know, always in the Four Horsemen and always being in good graces with Chris Benoit. You remember the stabbing incident with Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson? Made it very interesting at the time, Arn Anderson being a special guest referee. Here's how the match ended. You want to talk about ring psychology? There's a lesson in it right here. As expected, referee Arn Anderson doing a great job as the third man in the ring. He's letting these two men decide it. That's a very good point, Mike. He is doing what a referee should do. Be back there. Off. Back this right. Back off. Let him go at it. That's what the fans want to see. That's what we want to call. That's what the wrestlers want. And just get involved in the end or the potential end of a match. Here comes Sid. Fighting on his knee. Getting to his feet. Wild. Roundhouse. Hold here. 
It's just big enough to reach the ropes no matter where you put him. But his focus now is just to pull away on the foot of Benoit to counteract that, that pressure. Benoit cinched up on it. And Sin, I don't know if Sin realized how close he is to the ropes here or not, guys. I'm sure in the heat of the battle, Sid may be not quite sure that he's almost within arm's reach of gaining a rope break. But he's a tough man. He wants to fight out of it. He wants to power out of it. And that's what he's going to do, guys. I'm telling you. Sid Vicious. He's up. Rises from the dead. He's alive. side but not before he set up and showed Chris Benoit that he was very much alive and further weakening of the legs of Sid Vicious by Chris Benoit oh! the German released that time he must be going upstairs guys the crippling Chris Benoit as everyone's looking on, he's going for his patented slot dive. Air Canada. Does he have him? Basketball. The face of Arn Anderson. The reaction said it all. Right in position. He lays on him. One, two. He's in the ropes. Uh, he's actually he's broken the plane of the ropes. Foot underneath. Wow. That's as good as a foot on the ropes. Sid can't believe it. Sid thought he had him beat. Arn's right. It's a good call. It's a great call. It's the right call. It sinks. Chris Benoit as your new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And at the time, we had the internet, not as big as what it is now, but it was still pretty huge in 2000. We started hearing little rumblings that few people may have quit WCW. The names being thrown around were Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, 
Perry Saturn, uh, Shane Douglas to an extent, and there was someone else I can't remember right now. So we were wondering, you know, what was going to happen on Monday Nitro. Chris Benoit just won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. So Nitro opens up the next day, and if I remember correctly, we had like a cruiserweight match. Might have been Hoovy and someone else. So there's no mention of anything about, you know, the championship win. There's no swerve with Kevin Nash coming out since he's new to commissioner. Nothing with Ric Flair as a WCW president and all that shit. So we think, okay, maybe things were resolved. And then all of a sudden, we get this segment in the back with Arn Anderson. Last night was an incredible night of highs and lows for WCW. I saw Terry Funk take a beating that no human should take, or any animal for that matter. But it was for doing what he thought was right. Well, we know how that turned out. I had the honor and the distinction and the responsibility as referee for the world title match last night. And I've always tried to say what I mean and mean what I say. No matter what trouble that got me in or no how many highs that took me to. And I gave my word that I would play that thing right down the middle because I owed that to Sid Vicious. I owed it to Chris Benoit. I owed it to the people putting me in that position, Terry Funk as the commissioner, and everybody that bought a ticket or bought that pay-per-view. And I found myself during that match watching the match. Never been a referee before. I was looking at these tremendous impact bumps and I was looking at guys getting whacked around and I caught myself and had to stop myself and say, you're the official, get in there. And I made a couple of calls. One was right. Sid Vicious took Chris Benoit down that choke slam. Chris's foot was underneath that rope. I stopped the count. Well, Chris Benoit popped that cross-face submission on Sid Vicious, and he tapped out. I went down head-to-head on every count because many times in the past as a wrestler, I've had my shoulder up, but the referee was out of position. Not his fault, maybe. Fact is, I lost a match or two or ten that maybe I shouldn't have. Never forget something like that. Well, I went down head-to-head. And when watching the playback last night, I realized Sid's leg was underneath the rope. That match should not have been decided at that time. So in essence, what I did is I blew it. And I'm man enough to say so. I'm sick to my stomach. I want to puke about it. Because I took Benoit's greatest moment. Now I've taken it away from him. Sid Vicious, Chris Benoit, two of the finest athletes in the world, met for the world title. Might as well have kissed her sister on the cheek because today we don't have one. It's just like the match never happened. So all I can say as I look in your eyes, I'm a human. I made a mistake. Referees, I respect what they do now more than ever. If everybody could be a referee, everybody would. They got a hard job. So all I can tell you, I did my best. My best wasn't good enough. So now the WCW Heavyweight Championship is vacant once again. I don't want to give anything away, but next week 
when we address the vacancy, let's just say that the title, the world title, next week changes hands three times, I believe. We had three different champions next week. Just telling you in advance. We'll get into the clusterfuck next week. But we would soon learn that, in fact, Shane Douglas was remaining with WCW, but the other four would leave, and they would ultimately show up in WWF as the Radicals, and the rest is history. 2001, man, was this a horrible segment. You know, last week they had that tag match where Goldberg's career was on the line and he lost. This week on Monday Nitro in 2001, they did a segment to open up Nitro, which was a funeral segment for Goldberg's career. This fucking segment went on for almost a half an hour. It was garbage. And just go figure. Later on in the night, Conan defeats Mike Awesome in a hair versus hair match. Conan is bald. So I know I didn't watch Nitro that day. And when I went back and read the results and then watched it for myself, what the stipulation was, was that if Conan lost, Kidman would have his head shaved instead. You know, they had a female in the... I know, I'm not trying to be sexist, but it would have sounded more outrageous if Tigress's hair was on the line or something like that. Because you at the time, WCW did some very radical or attempted to do radical things on, on their product. So if they would have hyped up Tigress's head being shaved, trust me, there would have been a lot of people who would have thought, you know what, maybe they will do that. I don't know, armchair quarterbacking it. So now... We also have WWE this week, WWF. And at the time, you got the McMahon-Helmsley era going on. Triple H, you know, he is in control, feuding with Steve Austin. Steve Austin wants to get back in the ring, wants to win, you know, a shot at uh, the Royal Rumble to get a shot at the heavyweight title. Remember the year before in 2000, he had the neck injury, he had the surgery, So there was a little stipulation that Steve Austin could not lay his hands on Triple H. And if he did, he would lose his spot in the Royal Rumble and not have the opportunity to possibly win it and get a title match at WrestleMania. So Triple H being the asshole that he is, storyline, he's trying to bait Steve Austin into hitting him. And people, I will always remember my hotline getting all these messages. Did you hear what Triple H called Steve Austin on, on TV? Did you hear what he called him on Raw? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Me, I don't fucking give two shits about cursing. I don't curse as much as I used to, and I am trying to clean it up a little bit more. But still, it was pretty funny to hear this on television. It's going to be bad. Austin, this has been a long time in coming. Over a year. And it's been a long year. I've crippled you. I put you on the shelf for over a year. I've made you bleed. I've bent a steel pipe over your head. And I'm going to be damn happy to finish it right here and now. Uh oh, this is going to be the conversation we've been worried about. Somebody's going to provoke somebody. Somebody's going to be kicked around the rumble if if there's a physical confrontation here. Be careful, Triple H. What does he think? You lose your WWF title shot. He damn sure will. Come on, Austin. I'm going to give you a fighting chance. I'm going to give you the first shot. Triple H is baiting Austin. Yeah, go ahead and hit Come him. Come on. He kicked out of the rumble. Austin knows what's at stake. He'll get kicked out of the rumble. Ball your fist up. 
and hit me. Oh, you got to do it, Rattlesnake. Don't do it, Austin. Come on, Austin. You can't can't take that. Don't do it, Austin. Come on. Hit me. Don't be a fool, Stone Cold. What's the matter? I thought you were a man. Oh, oh. You got to hit him now. Hit him. Hit me. Do it. Austin's going to explode. What's the matter, Austin? Are you nothing but a punk? Don't do it. Uh Uh-oh. Don't do it, Stone Cold. You stand here in front of me, and you won't hit me. What's the matter, Austin? Does that finger in your face bother you? Do something about it. Hit me, Austin. Come on. Triple H is bringing Austin up. Suck it up one time. Be the rattlesnake. Be Stone Cold. Triple H wants Austin out of the room. Hit me, Austin. What's the matter? You haven't got the sack? Ah, I can see the fear in your eyes, Austin. My ass. I can smell the fear on you. You're scared, aren't you? You're scared. And they! Don't do it, Stone Cold. That's it, Jerry. Your ass is running on the verbal. He's running. He's scared. Oh, don't do it. Ah, Yeah. Don't do it. That's it, Austin. Grab the chair. Come on. It doesn't matter if you lose your shot at the Royal Rumble. It doesn't matter if you lose your chance at the World Wrestling Federation Championship, Austin. You want me more than life itself. Rear back on that and hit me, Austin. Don't do it, Stone Cold. Don't do it. Come on, you dumb son of a bitch. Hit me. Just what I thought, Austin. Leave. You're a coward. I can see the yellow stripe up your back. I can see your knees shaking. BMF. Austin, you are nothing but a great big pussy. So now we get to the Royal Rumble event itself, New Orleans, Louisiana. Sunday night heat match, Lowdown defeated Kai and Tai. With the win, one of the two members of Lowdown would get a spot in the Royal Rumble. Chaz and D'Lo could not figure out who should be in it, so the spot was given to Drew Carey. Not a fan of Drew Carey. I was indifferent about it. I know some people actually got a kick out of his appearance. Fine. Totally respect that. Pay-per-view itself, Dudley's over Edge and Christian in a WWF tag title match. You had Chris Jericho win the IC Championship, defeating Chris Benoit in a ladder match. Ivory over China to, to retain the women's title. And during this match, 
they played off that China had a neck injury to basically keep her off TV for a little while. She would return right before WrestleMania 17. We had Kurt Angle defeat Triple H to retain the WWF Championship. And then your main event, the Royal Rumble match itself. Remember earlier in the week, Steve Austin being baited by Triple H to hit him. Steve Austin resisted. Did that result in a win for Steve Austin? Oh, man, ever Austin. Austin and Rock. Austin and Rock on the right hands. Another man, by God's going to go down. You hear those shots? Two of the biggest superstars. Beating the holy hell out of each other. himself some time. What a reprieve there. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for years to see this JR. The Rock and the Rattlesnake. Who's the man? Hey! Ortega! Hey! Austin over! Ortega eliminated the Rock! But Austin's on the apron!
2002, SmackDown before the Royal Rumble. Funny backstage segment with The Rock and Kurt Angle. Basically, Kurt Angle fantasizing a little bit that he's going to win the Royal Rumble match, take on The Rock at WrestleMania. Rock goes along with it, and you got to just watch it for the mannerisms from The Rock at the end. I, I don't get, like, he's, like, licking his hand. He's got these old goofy look of, it's funny shit. But he's going along with Kurt Angle, and they're both fantasizing. They're dreaming about what could happen at WrestleMania. But unfortunately, the dream turns into somewhat of a reality check for Kurt Angle. Oh, that's fine. Rock. Did you knock? Oh, I get it. Who's there? What do you want? Listen, I know you're wrestling Chris Jericho for the undisputed WWF title at the Royal Rumble. Well, I'm in my first ever Royal Rumble match. And you know when Kurt Angle is in his first ever anything, he always comes out on top. He always wins. Which means... It's going to be The Rock and Kurt Angle in the main event at WrestleMania. Oh, The Rock gets it. Yeah. The Rock understands. The Rock oh, yeah. sees your vision. Uh-huh. It's a vision. It's a match come true. A dream match. Dream match. A right. dream match exactly. come true. Exactly. The Rock Angle. 60,000 tro- Close your eyes. What? Don't worry. Close your eyes. The Rock's not going to punch you in the mouth or anything like that. It's just you and The Rock. It's Rock's locker room. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Picture this. Close your eyes. Don't worry. Close your eyes. The Rock angle. WrestleMania. Main event. 60,000 strong going crazy for Kurt Angle. Yeah, going crazy. Kurt Angle's music hits. You walk out. They are going crazy. Chanting Kurt Angle's name. All over the place. They're going crazy. Chanting your name. The Rock Angle in the match, electrifying match. One of the best of all time, quite possibly the best ever. Ever, yeah. Yeah. I see it. I see you see it. that? Oh, yeah. See this, see this. Uh-huh. Ankle lock, submission on The Rock. Oh, yeah, and The Rock's tapping. I love it. No, 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 The Rock's not tapping yet. He's not tapping yet, because that means the match is over. The Rock's not tapping yet. Uh, what, what else? Uh, 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 angle slam. Oh, angle slam to the canvas. Yeah, I you love that? it. Oh, yeah. You see that? Oh, that's beautiful. How, see, what, how about how about me stomping a mud hole in your chest? Yes, you? yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You are stu- you are whooping the rocks. Oh, 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 oh. German suplex. German, want you German suplex? Yeah. Here we go. Boom! German suplex on the rock. Oh, I feel it. A dream. Yeah. A dream, dream come true. It's a dream. Oh. Wake up. Wake up. That is dream. It's a dream. It's dream. It's dream. Don't wake me up. Don't have It's a dream. Reality is the rock angle, WrestleMania, huge. Yeah. Money. Athletes. Two of the best athletes of all time. Best ever. Rock bottom on Kurt Angle. No. 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 Pine Buster. On Kurt Angle? No, no. People's elbow. Uh-uh. On Kurt Angle? No. Uh-uh. One. Uh-uh. Two. No, no. 
So now we get to the Royal Rumble match itself. Took place in Atlanta, Georgia. Spike Dudley and Taz over the Dudleys to retain the tag titles. William Regal over Edge to win the IC Championship. Trish Stratus over Jazz to retain the Women's Championship. Jackie was a special guest referee. Chris Jericho over The Rock to retain the WWF Undisputed Championship. And then we got two audio clips for you. One, it's going to go about 15 minutes. I love this match. I thought it was great psychology. You know, probably one of the best. You know, Vince McMahon has not had a lot of matches in his career, but this is in my top three, easily. At the time, you know, Ric Flair, Vince McMahon, partners, remember the whole consortium storyline in 2001 and shit like that? Them two had a brawl, a bloodbath, a street fight at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And it's a lot of fun to even hear it because a lot of little subtleties you probably wouldn't pick up if you're just watching it on TV. So here's the match itself from the Royal Rumble. Ric Flair versus Vince McMahon in a street fight. certainly are. These men are co-owners of the World Wrestling Federation. Flair with a huge advantage as far as catches, catch can skills, but this is not that sort of match. Boy, this is a street fight. You've been around a long time. Did you ever think in your life you'd see this match? Absolutely not, King. Did you see that look? Do all the... Ooh, he's gonna, he's gonna pop! <laughs> look at that chest! Bodybuilding pose of, by Mr. McMahon, who quite frankly... As you can see, has trained like a... How many hours a day does he spend in the gym? I don't have any idea. Obviously, a great deal. So I'd have like a fly by Mr. McMahon, two legends of our business, meeting for the first time in history in a match that many people less than a year ago would say that would never, ever be able to, to occur. Hey, watch it now. Oh, look at the power! Hard shoulder walk by Mr. McMahon. Look at the power! children here at ringside. That's right. That's what Mr. McMahon said. He loves to destroy lives. It turns him on. How perverse is that? What do you mean? Turns him on. If you look like Mr. McMahon, if you had a body like that, you could turn on just looking in the mirror, wouldn't you? I don't think so. Huh? You look that good, Jack. Oh. oh. Hey, back to McMahon in that corner. That's a dirty player in the game there. He's no, in fifth. No disqualifications here. There'll be no countouts in this street fight. Catching Flair coming in with that kick to the midsection. Oh, look at this. Now oh, taking Flair to the corner. There you go. Another shoulder block. That huge oh. shoulder. Man. And a knockdown by the reverse elbow by Mr. McMahon in this first ever meeting between two of the business' biggest icons. Oh, you got that right, JR. McMahon just 
right to the eyes. He doesn't want any more of those those hard chops to yeah. that massive chest. And you saw that? That's right out of Ric Flair's book. I've seen him do that a couple of times before, haven't you, JR? Absolutely. Look at this. Oh! They're knocked down by Mr. McMahon. This is not a wrestling match. This is a street fight. Yeah, look at those veins in his arm. I mean, they're, they're protruding. They're bulging. Man, oh, man. You're a little bit too excited about his body. I well, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I'm absolutely amazed. Oh, look at Flair. I've seen him do that a time or two, too. Oh, the Band-Aid. Man again going downstairs. I think Flair's got to be a little bit, uh, I think in shock might be the term right now. He would have never thought he'd get this. Look out. Of, of Mr. McMahon's strength. Vince is the man. He is the man right now. Look out! Fair knocked off the apron by Mr. McMahon. He's walking the walk. He's talking the talk. I guess Fair finally met his match right here in Atlanta. Fair's had many challenges in front and behind the camera here in Atlanta, but none perhaps as, as deadly as this one here tonight. Street fight with no disqualification. And look at Hit Flair's head print in that sign. All right, Vince, just go ahead. Oh. Go ahead and throw him out there like the other day. Let's get on with the Royal Rumble. Once he beats Flair, once McMahon humiliates Flair here at the Royal Rumble, that Flair will never want to show his face in public again. And Mr. McMahon can I need to conjure up. Thank you. Uh -oh. so, so I love it. You love a guy that gets off on humiliating others? This conversation is going down the wrong road. Watch it. Shots. I think that maybe that same cut that fits up with that pipe a couple weeks ago reopened. Oh, yeah. oh, right now, Mr. McMahon He's is, is owning the nature board. Yeah. Oh. Face bouncing off that ring post. Let me ask you a question. You think maybe the icon Rick Flair might have uh, just underestimated Mr. McMahon a little bit?
say, you have enough damage done to the camera. He's safe. McLaren is flowing. We're talking about a crimson mask. Megan, get that, get that film to Photomat, quick. I'd like to see those before the rumble's over there. You know how long Vince has been thinking about this there? Just salivating about this?
open with. They are just the smoke in the guard. You've got to give Vince credit. He's really prepared for this match. This match is about to become a lead pipe cinch. I know it's legal, but it's well, not very damn ethical. If it's legal, what's your point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I've got it.
So now we have the Royal Rumble main event match. Remember early in the week, Kurt Angle fantasizing about facing The Rock at WrestleMania. You look over the years, whenever a particular upper card star makes a big pledge or an announcement or a proclamation, somehow they always stick around in the match near the end. But did Kurt Angle, in fact, win this Royal Rumble match? Punches don't have the zip that they had earlier thanks to that chair shot. They're still effective. Kurt Angle pops no, no, so far. No, don't do it, Kurt. Triple H in no man's land on that apron. 
body back with a tape right hand. Uh, Triple H is back in it now. Good view. Total takedown by the gang. Again, no disqualification. the game. They both make their way back up. They're going to give you everything they've got, as if they haven't already. They win this. Here he goes. Triple H is on the door. His feet. What is he representing? Right on the same angle. Her turn around. You didn't win yet. Her record. You didn't win. Triple he's won. No. He's busted. Angle in trouble. Angle in trouble. As you heard at the beginning of this episode, great backstage promo by John Cena on B-Squared and introducing Red Dog, Rodney Mack. Thought it was fucking great. I promise you I will spare you the pain. It was also this week in 2003 that they did the funeral segment for Al Wilson, who is now deceased because of his honeymoon with Dawn Marie. I tell you, you go back and you look at that. I'm not going to lie. I don't like these funeral segments. I don't like wedding angles in, in, in wrestling. I don't like pretty much any of them. But this funeral segment that Dawn Marie had with Tori Wilson, yeah, it was kind of horrible. But I tell you, I thought they did a phenomenal job in this segment. You know, it just watch it. Go out of your way and watch it. Like I said, the whole storyline was garbage. But I actually thought this funeral segment you know, just the reactions from the people and hearing them going, you know, and Tori Wilson's face and her reactions, you know, you almost felt like that's how you would react in that same situation. You know what? It just, I thought it was done very, very well. Wrapping up 2003, we had the Royal Rumble pay-per-view from Boston, Massachusetts. Dark match, Spike Dudley over Steven Richards. Brock Lesnar over the big show. And this was a match for entry into the Royal Rumble that would take place later on in the night. For the tag titles, the Dudleys over Lance Storm and William Regal to become the new champs. Tori Wilson over Dawn Marie. Scott Steiner over Triple H by DQ, so Triple H remains the World Heavyweight Champion. Kurt Angle retains the WWE Championship, defeating Chris Benoit. And your main event, the Royal Rumble match. Here's the closing moments. Two superstars from Raw. Two superstars of SmackDown in the final four here. We'll see who will go to WrestleMania and meet that champion in the main event. Come on, we got to pull for Raw. Come on, Batista. Oh, hard body shot. Undertaker breaking Batista. Hard body shot. Hard body shot. Fight back, Batista. Fight back. Batista may have busted some ribs there from those thunderous right hands. And a pure shot right to the temple. But Batista is still standing. Manhandling the Undertaker, taking every shot that the 
Phenom's the push out. Undertaker's down, the Brock's down. And now the two Raw guys, the two Raw superstars, double teaming the SmackDown superstar list. And the guys wonder what Lester's got left in the tank at that war with the big show earlier tonight. I think he's about to show us. All of them down. The belly overhead. Get away, Batista. Get away. 317 pound. Stay out of the way. check it out i honestly think that you'll like it so now we go one year later to 2004 now remember the year earlier was that backstage rap that john cena did well we got another little promo segment with john cena now this time with paul Heyman in the ring as you could hear john cena now starting you know he's still doing the insults and the rhyming but it's not so much like you know he doesn't have that hip accent to himself like this rapper you, you you you'll hear what i'm talking about here it is 2004 john cena cutting a promo on paul Heyman. tonight paul Heyman smackdown emanates from the gambling capital of the east coast the mohegan sun casino like any of you were actually born here 
You see, I think it's very fitting that we're here at the Mohegan Sun Casino because we are less than two weeks away from the Royal Rumble. And the Royal Rumble match is the, well, it's the ultimate gamble because 29 men will crap out and only one man will hit the jackpot and go on to the ultimate prize, the ultimate blackjack, a title shot at WrestleMania 20. I can only allow 15 of my SmackDown superstars the opportunity of entering the Royal Rumble. So tonight, in this very ring, I have arranged for some very special matches in which the winners go on to enter the Royal Rumble match and the losers bust out. Now, if you don't mind... hearing your voice you're a lousy schmuck I'd rather listen to all these people tell you that you suck I do not suck you don't tell me that I suck you don't come into my ring and say things oh, like that I'm sorry this is your big day well I'm out here to spoil it Dude looks like something I just left in the toilet. I'm not a forgiving man. Oh, that was my secretary. I'm sorry. I don't remember eating that. Oh. You man, see, you stepped step in it now. You don't play with me. You understand me? Do you understand what kind of man I am? I don't need your approval, Paul. I'm going to take my respect. I'll bounce you quicker than an ECW check. They suck. You weren't man enough to be in ECW. You're barely man enough to be here on SmackDown. You know what kind of man I am? You Don't talk you a big game, but you standing in my playpen. Do y'all want to see me beat the living hell out, Paul Heyman?
I just heard the crowd, man. Ain't no way I can pass. Time to put this mic down so I can kick your Later on in that night, Paul Heyman would come out with a bar of soap and basically say that he Cena was going to take on Rhino later on in that night. And Cena lost, he was going to get a bar of soap in his mouth. If Rhino lost, Heyman would get soap in his mouth. Rhino would lose. Heyman would, in fact, get soap in his mouth. I think last year we shared that little audio footage. So, 2005, TNA has their final resolution pay-per-view from Orlando. Match results, three live crew over Daniels, Kazarian, and Michael Shane. Elix Skipper over Sunjay Dutt. Dustin Rhodes over Kid Cash. Eric Watts over Raven. Jeff Hardy over Scott Hall. Roddy Piper was a special guest referee. You had for the number one contendership for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Monty Brown over Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash in the elimination match. Later on, you had America's Most Wanted defeating Team Canada to win the NWA World Tag Team Championships. AJ Styles over Chris Sabin and Petey Williams in an Ultimate X match to win the X Division title. And in a main event, who had gotten the number one contendership earlier in the night, Jeff Jarrett over Monty Brown to retain the NWA Heavyweight Championship. 2006 final resolution from Orlando. Pre-show match, Team Canada over Lance Hoyt, Jay Lethal, and Kenny King. Another pre-show match, LAX over the Naturals. Pay-per-view at Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, and Roderick Strong over Chris Sabin, Matt Bentley, and Sunjay Dutt. The James Gang over David Young and Neil Skipper. AJ Styles over Hiroshi Tanahashi. In a Ravens rules match with Larry Zabisco as a special guest referee, Sean Waltman over Raven. Bobby Roode over Ron The Truth Killings. Abyss over Rhino. America's Most Wanted over Team 3D to retain the NWA tag titles. Samoa Joe over Daniels to retain the X Division Championship. In the main event, you had Sting teaming up with Christian Cage to defeat Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown. 2008, WWE enters high-definition TV with Raw, first HD episode of all time. 2009, WWE officially releases Hardcore Holly. And that same week on SmackDown, we had the infamous incident where Jeff Hardy's pyrotechnics during his introduction went all wrong. Now, again, it blows me away how many people at the time thought this was a legit accident. You figured out quickly that a lot of people weren't following the storyline. Because remember, Jeff Hardy and his wife, Beth, had an auto accident right before that. So they were pushing the accident idea. And what a lot of people seem to forget that when Jeff Hardy had that incident on SmackDown with the pyrotechnics, he was supposed to come out for an interview segment with Edge on the cutting edge. Listen to Edge's promo right before an incident and notice how Edge uses the term accident as well. When, when you're an elite athlete such as myself, you, uh, you learn to block out distractions, to maintain focus. And ever since Armageddon, my only focus has been to take back my, my WWE Championship from Jeff Hardy. But lately, that's, that's been really hard. Because it seems week to week, there's been one distraction after another trying to, trying to shift my focus. 
whether it's some some very private photos of my wife being plastered all over WWE.com or all over the internet for the entire world to see or whether I have to worry about Jeff Hardy himself yeah because whether you people want to admit it or not Jeff has a black cloud and it hangs over his head I have to worry whether Jeff's even going to make it to the Royal Rumble to defend that WWE title against me, especially since he's been in a hit-and-run accident. I tell you what, I'm usually all for some good old-fashioned Jeff Hardy pain and suffering. I am. But not in this instance. I'm not. Because... I'm happy that Jeff and his girlfriend are okay. I, I really am. Because now there's no more distractions, no more disruptions. You see, at the Royal Rumble, I will not have my moment to take my WWE title back. I won't have that taken away from me. You see, this is a story that's so good. Well, they just had to make a movie out of it. It was called a Cinderella story. Jeff Hardy, the man whose ultimate triumph was always beyond his grasp, finally cheated fate. One good day out of 365 does not make a champion. In nine days, at the Royal Rumble, a savior restores the WWE Championship to its rightful glory. When this embarrassing, irrational period known as Jeff Hardy as the WWE Champion, when that all comes to an end, blame me. And that's just a preview, a slight glimpse. You want to know how that movie ends? It ends at the Royal Rumble when I prove that Jeff Hardy's first and only WWE title reign was an accident. But I just don't want to tell you people about it. I, I don't want to just show you on the silver screen. I want to get Jeff out here himself so I can tell him face to face. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest tonight on the cutting edge, my opponent at the Royal Rumble, and the soon to be former WWE Champion, Jeff Hardy.
So you hear all these accidents, and Jeff Hardy has an accident with pyrotechs, and people thought it was a legit, real accident. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. You, you go back, and you'll see even years later, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. And it was funny as the sparks that went in Jeff Hardy's face, to me, it reminded me nothing different than Goldberg's entrance. The fireball, if you look at the certain camera angle, and there's one fan cam footage online, the fireball wasn't near Jeff Hardy, but it looked like it hit him. And it was beautiful the way it went down. I mean, the visual, look, if you fool that many people, you did something good. Let's make that perfectly clear. But in all honesty, though, it was storyline. And you obviously know where the storyline led after this. We'll cover it in due time. 2010, we now have the Hogan-Bischoff era in TNA. Did not start off on a good note. First off, what a lot of people seem to forget is that the first pay-per-view under the Bischoff-Hogan era in TNA, they went from the six-sided ring to the four-sided ring. So now, right fresh on the heels of January 4th, I think it was 2010, where they went up against Raw Live and had a really, really great rating, almost 3 million viewers for Hogan's debut. We're not even two weeks after, or about two weeks after that, and they're having Genesis. So you think the excitement of Hogan there now, Bischoff there, and you know the, they're going to change things around. Well, the first thing they did was they went to the four-sided ring. And this is how TNA Genesis opened up that night on pay-per-view. Well, guys, I guess all there is to say is welcome to Genesis. And on top of that, welcome to the brand new Impact Zone, guys. there was going to be change. We told you everything was going to be moving and shaking. And this is just the beginning. This is the, just the beginning of the change here. You know, I got one thing to say about Six sides. You had it, and it only got you so far. Now we're taking you all the way, Jack. No more eight sides. No more six sides. No more stinking playpen rings. This is where professional wrestling was meant to be done. This is where we shed our blood, sets, and tears. And we're changing it whether you like it or not. Because this is where professional wrestling was born. So the fans were not thrilled at Hogan and Bischoff. A lot of people don't realize that Hogan and Bischoff, the same week, the same week that this happened with the ring, something else happened inside the ring. This was something that TNA at the time did everything they possibly could to get this footage pulled from the internet. Every time a fan posted it, complaints, copyrights, this is a per, per, blah, 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 any excuse they could, but they realized once something is recorded, you pretty much could never eliminate it from the net. The same week that all this garbage was going down with fans being pissed off about them going to a four-sided ring, under the Hogan-Bischoff regime, 
they actually tell fans that they are now cast members. Remember this? Sometimes, most of the time, for anybody who doesn't know me or know what I'm talking about, I'm the director of production here, and I try and get all the elements up on the show. This is Bernadette Everlaw. She's my coach. As cast members, I realize I've never included you guys in what your role is, or nor have I ever been on the script. This is happening. Are you this? really happening. Is this really happening? Here's what we want to talk about. What we're doing here is we're trying. You helped us on January 4th, the live show here. We had our highest rating ever in the seventh. Ticket. Just like going to a baseball game, man, you can get down on the, the bad pitcher, or you can be like those old New, York, New Orleans Saints where you wore a bag over your head. But you can't I understand that here. But here, what we ask you, we certainly want to entertain you. We hope we are giving you a great show that you'll enjoy and will be part of it. But most importantly, you have to help us tell a story to the two million people who watch the show. So I, every time you come here, I want you to be excited. I know that's difficult sometimes. We change, change, realities, but I want you to be excited. That's number one. Number two, sometimes you hear things going up here that, that are beyond what a child should hear or be on TV. Those things, we spend money editing out. We erase it. It takes a lot of editing. What I cannot have from the audience is curses, flip birds, uh, gang signs that I may not understand. That's it. Peace. Yes. Winston Churchill, ladies and gentlemen. So, Winston Churchill wasn't a juggalo. I have a question for you, sir. Um, I also work in production, and I had a comment about the pay-per-view. Um, during the recent Monday Night Live impact, when people were saying, um, short, people were saying bullshit, and what they were doing on TV is they were muting the master left and right, so there was actually muting on TV. I think it would be more efficient if you muted the audience mics and not the whole feed, so you don't get complete silence for a lot of this guy rules. Hey, Mike. Oh, so many mics. There's been crap. I have mics all over. There's a mic here. There's a mic here. There's a mic under here. There's mics over here. And when you're doing that, I can't. I cannot mute everything. So I ask you not to say BS. Say BS. Don't say say the other thing. So to carry this forward, so I get the show going, and I'm not the principal. I've been the priest. I've been the lawyer. And I'm not the principal. Ask him why he waits six years to do this. I have, number one, I've got little kids here, and I don't want little why? kids here. Why don't you bring them? Family part. So I know my demographic is my friends up here, the guys stand up to phone. But my future demographic and the growth in my audience is this young man standing here. So please, watch your language. Please, watch 
why this is why we don't watch WWE. To remove a sign, I'm not even sure the reason. Somebody saw something in a truck. Something may go on. Also, if you're obstructing somebody all night, we love signs. You know that. Sometimes we have signs. So it was not a good start for Bischoff and Hogan in TNA. I still think Bischoff is a tremendous asset to wrestling. Hogan, you look back on it, you know, yes, it gave TNA a lot more street cred. And, you know, they did do some good things. But in the end, did it make irreparable harm? I think people always state that as to TNA's demise. Since it is no longer TNA, it's now Impact Wrestling. So anyway, the uh, match results from that Genesis pay-per-view. Amazing Red over Brian Kendrick to retain the X Division Championship. Sean Morley over Daniels. Tara over ODB. Two to nothing in the best two out of three falls match to win the knockouts title. Matt Morgan and Hernandez over the British Invasion to win the tag titles. Desmond Wolf over D'Angelo De Niro. Beer Money over Kevin Nash and Six Pac. Uh, Kevin, uh, Ken Anderson over Abyss. In the main event, AJ Styles over Kurt Angle to retain the TNA Heavyweight Championship. One year later, not good for TNA as well. Bubba the Love Sponge, who is now employed by TNA, Hogan's buddy at the time. Remember, at this time we had the earthquake in Haiti. And I remember text 1010 Haiti or something like that to donate $10. I know I did. I know tons of you did. A lot of people were stepping up to help Haiti. That was just an absolute disgusting tragedy to see what was even more disgusting was Bubba the love sponge going on Twitter and writing didn't matter if he was a TNA employee an unemployed person a nobody you just don't say shit like this he writes and I quote I say fuck Haiti why do we have to take care of everybody our country our country is in shambles now I know some of you immediately are gonna say doesn't Trump say the same thing our country's in shambles let's spend the money on our country over others Although a lot of that is true, when you realize that you spend $20 billion in Afghanistan and you can't even get a quarter of that to build some border security here in the United States, all right, in that situation, but that was a natural disaster and a tragedy and people were fucking dying in Haiti. That was just just an asinine comment and, you know, it's a shame. Because not only that, Awesome Kong, who was very, very angry at that, stepped up and had a huge confrontation with Bubba the Love Sponge in the back at TNA. But as a result, because, you know, it was Hogan's regime still. I'm not saying that Hogan, you know, pulled the strings and said, fire Awesome Kong too. They had to let Bubba the Love Sponge go. That was just crazy PR to keep him on the payroll. 
But they also let go Awesome Kong, which to this day we always feel was bullshit. Just an opinion. 2012, Evan Bourne suspended for 60 days for a second failure of the WWE wellness program. We would later learn in interviews that Evan Bourne had an addiction to synthetic marijuana. Um, a lot of people smoke marijuana for medicinal purposes, so I am not going to rip Evan Bourne anymore for, you know, just really, you know, overly using synthetic marijuana. But um, I don't know exactly. But you got to remember, he had the massive injury to his ankle. So, you know, maybe a lot of the smoking was for social reasons, but I honestly believe when he says that he smoked it for medicinal purposes, Shit, I'm in insane pain still from my auto accident in 1996. So I feel his pain. I, I just choose not to smoke marijuana. It's just not, it doesn't float my boat. Also in 2012, we had a funny segment on Monday Night Raw. I wasn't going to share the audio, but fuck it. It's only three minutes long. I'll let you hear it. It's two minutes long. Um, Jericho had returned, and this is right when he's trolling the fans. He comes out. You know, he's like, all right, baby. And he's like hyping up the crowd. And then he doesn't cut a promo. He leaves. He kept doing his trolling the fans, trolling the fans. So now we have a match that he's involved. And it's a six-man tag match. It's Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, and Chris Jericho versus David Otunga, Mark Henry, and Dolph Ziggler. So during the match, CM Punk getting his ass kicked. During the match, Daniel Bryan getting his ass kicked. Chris Jericho not yet in the match. Very, very excited outside. Give me the tag. Give me the tag. Give me the tag. Well, he finally gets the tag, and then this happens. Say goodbye to Sting in TNA. TNA had an event from, I believe, Huntsville, Alabama. 
it was Genesis. It wasn't a pay-per-view. They were cutting down on pay-per-views. They were typing events for TV. And they had a match between Magnus, who's the TNA heavyweight champion, and Sting. Sting's contract was on the line. Magnus's championship was on the line. And as you hear this, just pay attention to the crowd. Other than Kurt Angle coming out, which gets a slight reaction, just listen to the lack of energy from this crowd, especially at the end of this match. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Genesis main event. Uh-oh, Sting double leg. Gonna try and go to the Scorpion Deathlock. Steps over and applies the submission hold. Sits down on the submission. Referee checking to see if Magnus is gonna tap. It's, but wait a minute. What, who is this? I see bad influence. Oh, yeah, I see Daniels and Kazarian coming out with EC3. And Daniels and Kazarian take Joe to the far side. And then EC3 slides in. But remember, this is no disqualification. That's it. I mean, Magnus rules the way he laid it down. Yeah, obviously, in an effort to exploit this exact kind of a situation here. No disqualification. Joe in the ring. And Joe dropping bodies. Wow, Joe really. Oh, oh. He's taking out both. Bad influence members. EC3 just sets up Magnus. Let's go. We got him. Again, no disqualification. Yeah, wow. Referee's hands are tied. Nothing Brian Hebner can do. As Sting fights back out of the corner. Hits the double clothesline. Tosses EC3 out to the floor. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, here comes Joe. Samoa Air. Oh, let's take another look here. The big man Joe, look at that! Wow. Oh. Series of shots, one after the other, by Sting. He's got Magnus. Fires him out of the corner. Big hip toss. And Magnus still in control. Look at this. Sting up into the air. Sting able to float over. And there it is. Scorpion death drop. He pulled him out. Look, 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 look. Zima, Zima Ion, DJ Zima. Yeah, pulls the referee out. Sting should, Sting should oh. be the world champion right here. Oh, Sting would have had that recount. <laughs> oh, oh no. People out. And again, no disqualification. Money. Rules here. And now the Bromance, the world tag team champions, they come from the back. And, and you just have to sense, you just have to know that the TNA president, Dixie oh. Carter, she's the one that's pulling the strings. She's the one that's orchestrating all these people to come out here. And now look at this. Well, look, I guess you got to look at it like you know, Dixie Carter trying to trump this investor, whoever it is, that's throwing monkey wrenches in her game plan. And now, oh, the numbers game. Look at this. That's just attack. A, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely. Look at how many guys are just beating up on Sting. Daniels, Kazarian, the bromance. Sima. I mean, it's crazy. Five on one in the corner. Yeah, well, he's, he's, in, he's in deep grave danger here. Again, no disqualification, so it's all legal. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Check out the ramp! Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle flies down! Kurt Angle! Look at that, the Bromance Tag Team Champions, they get right on Angle. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Look at the clothesline, and Angle takes out both Bromance. Oh, Daniels for the ride! And the suplex for Kazarian! God, that was a nasty German ass. Zima, you're in trouble, buddy. Oh! Kurt Angle just tossing people all over the ring. Oh. Angle slam for Kazarian. This is the 
to even things up. Really just insane amount of offense by Kurt Angle completely in the zone. And now, the field. Yeah, now clearing the field, and now it boils down to one-on-one. A definite interference. Let's settle it between Sting and Magnus. Well, Sting right there, cutting off Magnus. Magnus had some bad intentions in mind. Now what? Big time, it. big time. Super whoa, whoa, whoa. Superplex off the top. Sting. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sting's going to go for the cover. No referee. There's a ref. The referee slides in. One, Got him. two. Got him. Get the shoulder up. And I'm saying this a world champion is the real deal. You can say paper champion all you want. Here Kids it is. Tuss nails. Yeah. Oh, and the stinger splash in the corner. Contact made with the referee. Magnus slid out of the way. Watch out, Sting. Watch out. Magnus. Oh, and Sting catches him in mid air. Right to Scorpion. Look at this. His presence known. It's just like he did with AJ Styles a couple weeks ago, right? You're not kidding. One and done. One and done is the effector. Still not putting all his weight on that ankle from the ankle lock. Earlier by ankle. Sting is down, barely moving. Magnus just using the ring ropes to hold himself up at this point. Still won't have a referee in this ring here. If Sting gets to his feet. Magnus hits the driver. Where's the ref? Dixie Carter dragging senior official Earl Hebner pulling him by the shirt, forcing him to come to the ring. I'm not doing this. I'm not. Straight up direct order to get in the ring and count. Stings down. Magnus covers. Earl forced by Dixie Carter to count one. No, Sting's going to be gone. Sting is going to be gone forever. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the match, and still TNA Heavyweight Champion of the World, Magnus. He did it again, Taz. He did it again. And there she has the paperwork. She has the contract of Sting in her hand. Well, think, think, of, think of what we've just witnessed here. I, I, I know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not only Magnus retaining the world heavyweight title. I mean, that's just part of it. Well, but no contract for Sting. The icon, the first person inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame, and his contract being shredded, ripped up by Magnus. That's what Magnus said last week he would do if he was the victor, or when he was victorious. He was so confident he would rip up the contract that TNA President Dixie Carter was contemplating giving Sting. A whole new level of disrespect exhibited by Magnus as he tears up the contract wow. and, and just drops it on Sting. Like it or not, those are the three folks in the ring that are driving this machine. The world heavyweight champion right there, teenage president Dixie Carter and her nephew. And, and think of what we've seen tonight at Genesis. It, it's, it's the end of an era in TNA. But- 
going to wrap up this episode momentarily. First, 2015, it was made official. Alberto Del Rio signs a deal with Lucha Underground. Same week, we had Raw air their 22nd anniversary show. And during that segment, remember the storyline at the time that the Ascension, who had now brought up to the main roster, was bad-mouthing every legendary tag team from yesteryear. You know, yes, it was storyline. Yes, it rubbed people the wrong way legitimately. And, you know, you could say that it wasn't their fault because they were fed that storyline, but their execution was horrible. Never got into the characters. They've tried to repackage them, have comedy, have seriousness. It just didn't work. But in 2015, we had some legends get their revenge on the Ascension. Hey, yo. I love when he does that. Now, everybody knows you can't have a reunion without X-Pac, Big Sexy, and the bad guy. And if it's okay, I'd like to take a little survey. Now, how many people are here for the Raw Reunion? Or, or, how many people are here for the Raw Reunion with the... Thanks for playing. The NWO single-handedly created the Monday Night Wars, which you can relive on the WWE Network for $9.99. You're welcome, Hunter. You know, we invaded WCW, and that caused Vince to pick up his game which created Stone Cold Steve Austin. Personal friend of mine. I know you're out there somewhere, Steve. DX. Also buddies of mine. And the entire Attitude Era. I mean, people say we got egos. But you have to say one thing about the NWO is we're probably responsible for everything great that has ever been <laughs> created. Yeah. Sounds right. Dallas, Texas, raise some hell and make a little noise. You know, it sounds good to me, Kev, but I think it's about time. Oh, One of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. Join us second day. Welcome to Raw Reunion. 
Hall, Nash, and X-Pac. It's the NWO, the Wolfpack. All we see is three old dogs just begging to be put out of their misery. And we're the two to do it. We were born and bred to rip and shred. No tag team is better than the Ascension. Not from the past, the present, or the future. And sure as hell not a tag team from WCW. It's our time to rise. Welcome to the Wasteland. Dallas Cowboy. It seems like 
You gentlemen want to throw a party without the outlaws. And so far, it's looking like an old school party. And ain't no party like an old school party. Because an old school party don't stop. <laughs> don't you know it? Now, so far, this party is compiled of thoroughbreds and racehorses. So I got just one question, Dallas, Texas. Who invited the jackasses? Oh, look out! The new NHL going out of the section. Here we go. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Closing out 2015's Raw 22nd anniversary, we had a main event match. Seth Rollins versus John Cena. If John Cena gets the win, Eric Rowan, Ryback, and Dolph Ziggler are reinstated and rehired back to the WWE. Here's the closing moments of that match. That involves the Raw debut of Sting. Two more Cena. Cena. A chance to be a 16-time world champion. Kind of hate now. John Cena's goodbye. Kind of John Cena somehow just beat the count. Just beat the count. Nine and a half. I think it's academic. I think it's just a matter of time at this point. You might be right right there, John, but you're looking at a guy, John Cena, who will, who will never say die. If that doesn't mean he can't get knocked out. Yeah, well, he may die right now because Kane about to... Look at the choke slam here to Cena. Oh, and that could be it. Kane for the victory to eliminate Cena, who stays in it again. That's just on instinct. Pure instinct, I'll tell you, guys. I'm impressed to say the least about John Cena's performance tonight. I am too. Tag made again to Rollins. I've never seen anybody dig deeper. And I've been in the ring with I've John Cena. I've never seen anybody better, John. Just tell it like it is. Rollins may be setting up for the curb stop. He has seen it with this last week during the, uh, the contract stop.
2016, we got the news. Austin Aries was signing a deal with the WWE. Once he got cleared from uh, medical staff, he reported to NXT. Speaking of NXT debuts, this week in 17, Alistair Black made his debut. He lost to Neville. That same event, we had Tyler Bate become the first ever WWE United Kingdom champion by defeating Pete Dunne. And the same week on Monday Night Raw, we had the infamous segment where Braun Strowman flipped the production truck. I'm sure a lot of you remember that. Notable birthdays this week. Those celebrating birthdays who are no longer with us. Happy birthday to Sir Oliver Humperdinck, Sandy Barr, Arnold Skolan, Andy Kaufman, Mark Curtis, Eddie Graham, Little Beaver, Kurt Von Brauner, Kung Fu, Terry McGinnis, Tommy Gilbert, and Heather Savage. Happy birthday to all of you. Takeo Kaneko turns 89. Pat Patterson, 78. Alberto Munez, 76. Pero Aguayo, 73. Ted DiBiase, 65. Firebreaker Chip, 56. Sonny Blaze, 55. Batista and Hiroshi Hatanaka, 50. Shane McMahon and Richard Brogner, the fake Razor Ramon, that turns 49. Vanessa Sanchez, 48. R-Truth, 47. Kurihiko Midamega, and Takashi Sasaki turned 44. Kevin Thorne, 42. Chaos, Chase Stevens, and Ray Escorpion turned 40. Carl Anderson, 39. El Hio de la Bestia, Go Shiozaki, and Vulcan turned 37. Maris and Farmer Joe, 36. Alex Kozlov, 35. Mark Briscoe, 34. Kelly Kelly, Kaji Yamato, Chicano, and Evil turned 32. Tyler Breeze and American Kickboxer number two, along with Bull Dempsey. Happy birthday. They all turn 31. The only notable debut this week in history, Shane McMahon made his pro wrestling debut, in-ring debut in 1998. And notable deaths this week in history. Paul Singh died at 99. George Scott at 84. Billy Farga, 83. Ida Mae Martinez at 78. Golden Hawk, 77. The Sheik, Billy the Kid and Nick Gulas died at 76. Lucky Simonovich, 75. Gus Papas, Tony Lanza, and Ricky Romero died at 74. Bobo Brazil and Jimmy Snooker died at 73. Ox Anderson at 71. Buddy Fuller at 70. Whipper Watson Jr. at 68. Katsuhisha Shibata at 66. Iron Mike Sharp, 64. Savannah Jack and Larry Wright at 63. Eddie Michaels at 61. Eddie Graham and Jerry Blackwell at 55, Pez Watley at 53, 
El Texano, 47. Frank Finnegan, 46. Bam Bam Bigelow passed away at 45. And Paul E. Normus died at age 33. And with that, I bid you farewell for this week in wrestling history. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. Reddit.com slash DTKC Show. And as always, if you like what we do, want to help keep these shows free for everyone, help us keep the bills paid, you could check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash DonTony. Five bucks gives you access to hundreds upon hundreds of Patreon-exclusive content. Every week, there is a show going on there. You got Breakfast Soup, which is hosted by yours truly and Mish, Castle Chronicles, a solo show by Kev Castle. We have pay-per-view predictions contests. We have commercial-free episodes of DTKC, Breakfast with Blossie, blah, blah, blah. We have a live show that airs every week after SmackDown. There is so much going on over there. Five bucks gets you it all. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone, be well. I will return with your next episode next week, which will be Season 2, Episode 4, This Week in Wrestling History. Take care, everyone. Be well. Ciao.